You're listening to a High Voltage Radio Network podcast. Find more at HighVoltageRadio.com. In this corner, the devastating duo of mayhem, carnage, and absolute destruction, Rob and Slim! And I was alive but dead It would be a decade before my eyes opened Don't, uh, Is it pathetic that I never let it go? No. Is it regrettable I stress about a nose? Because heaven it never let me in But the bells in hell will be like Welcome home I seldom go where the hell bent go Because I never obsess over hell bent goes But my hell bent soul is a well spent ghost And it's better I never regret a hell bent rose So to each his own yeah. Believe what you wanna I don't ever wanna be a demon in a sauna But sometimes I just gotta release what I bottle So I'm not about to murder a believer with a motto Times like that, that I wanna tend to resonate on my sides, my back. Cause I'm so stressed out to the point I'm a wreck. Hey, how are you saying like that? I never tried suicide, but between you and I, human lives seem to be the same. So, who decides? The brutal lies that a human and a putrefied. Neither I'ma try and find either's for a foolish mind. I live my life in these tunes and rhymes. Proving the beauty is in the eye. If we choose to sign my loose lies, tighter than a crucifix, crucifying Jesus. To do this, this is who you're trying to find. I'm more of this fake shit nope. Ain't nobody come to be my buddy when I'm sick Scripture ain't nobody talking straight lip They just say shit like they're blameless Bitch. Erase to the days when I take shit I'ma take this halo up above my brain And break it a symbol of hatred yeah. I was caged up through grade 8 <laughs> But when I graduated I stayed late <laughs> That rage at a fashion a place in my abdomen Made me what I became I hold grudges, I ain't vocal much But these vocals pump and eat hoes and punks Who preach total love But when you hope for something Just open up a deep soul or nothing and I will never go back, nope. no matter how many truck cards are stacked I don't give a rat's arm by nostalgia and crap Cause I'm too fucking old to be bummed far back A lumbar strap to support my backpack Too many actions and patches that mass Fucking class, I would try so hard Then I half-assed after I gathered the fact I was a lab rat Back in my current life, I work on these burn tapes yeah. To set a bridge so a place that it burns waves yeah. Murder takes with a rage that was learned sane yeah. A bird of anger and angst when I learned hate yeah. First grade was the first thing to worms weighed I was immersed in a churn lake of pure pain Cover me with a sermon of a virgin birth You're late, most of the jerks who I wanna curse you your shit is a bit ever since I was a little kid Your kiss was permanent on my skin But your lips are why I'm meant to see How do you make no harm with your embrace? But within your bra, that's where I learned to hate First to hate, the serpent went into Persia Was learned in a burn this complex But there's a bit ever since I was a little kid Your kiss was permanent 
In this corner, he's known as the Slamborghini. That's right, he breaks walls at 198 pounds. Give it up for our intern on the Robin Slim Show. Yeah! This is Slamborghini himself telling you about Audible.com, baby. Do you want the best audio book, radio and TV programs, and audio magazines and newspapers all at your fingertips? And do what I do, baby. Go to Audible.com. I don't care, baby. You're not convinced and download any audiobook for free. When you try Audible for 30 days and choose from over 180,000 titles, I'm dead serious. You'd have to be crazy not to check out all the titles <laughs> Audible.com has offered. From comedy like Dad is Fat by Jim Gaffigan, Norm McDonald's based on a true story, and Penn Jillette's Presto. Sports books like Joe Torres's The Yankee Years, The Undisputed <laughs> Truth by Mike Tyson, and NFL Confidential by Johnny Anonymous. <laughs> oh, for you music nuts out there, there's Heavier Than Heaven, a biography of Kurt Cobain, Ozzy Osbourne's I Am Ozzy, and Alice in Chains' The Untold Story. And for the pickiest readers, there's Slambo's Picks, baby. The History of Mongolian Queens, White <laughs> Trash, The 400 Year, Untold History, and 50 Explicit Erotica Stories. Go to audible.com and get ready to listen to all the hottest titles on your device. Take it from me, the Slambagini, baby. And I never even knew how to read. Audible taught me. Yeah! <laughs> Nice. That was awesome. You'd be slurping the whole show. We need to get you like a dish <laughs> yeah. to drink out of like a fucking animal. I, I noticed that, yeah. As soon as I unmuted the mic. Why did you unmute it? Slurping. Yeah, I know. I should have kept him muted. I, I should just mute him if I got to listen oh. to slurping. <laughs> you have like a deviated septum. Probably. <laughs> I muted him. Runs in my, uh, I think that runs in my family, actually. And it impacted Colin. No, just a D. Fuck. I'm not going to lie, dude. Like, he is... your whole family drink like that? Yeah. He's the loudest eater, too. I don't know if you ever heard of eat, but sometimes I'll cringe because I'll just be sitting and he'll be behind me and I just hear like... <laughs> That's going to come back to bite you in the campaign. <laughs> Well, I really feel that's really loud. Well, you know, is that you know, you know is that is that the real real issue it's right now? It's a huge <laughs> issue. Those are the real issues. <laughs> and if if you want your own Lamborghini T-shirt for president, uh, there's only five days left, fuckers. So go order one. Teespring.com/slash Lamborghini2016 coffee mugs and T-shirts. Awesome. Get one of each. Get two of each. Get five of each. Five of each. Yes. How the fuck else is he gonna like? Pay for that smoke bus, whatever the fuck is the meth bus. <laughs> oh. You see that, uh, you know the new ad on Twitter? Oh, yeah. And Facebook? Uh, I think I saw the one on Facebook. Yeah, with the old guy? Yeah. The shirtless old guy? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, that wasn't on Facebook. I don't think. I, I think I only put it on Twitter. <laughs> oh, fuck. This old guy. We gotta, uh, we gotta like, spruce the place up, though, for Halloween, so you need to draw some shit. All right. Ghosts and... and Ghouls and demons and shit. We need a backdrop too. Well, we need a sweet like Hollywood backdrop. Hold on a second. So you need to get like a sheet and draw for the next show. Yeah, it's not on Facebook. Oh, okay. There's just that. Alright. Yeah, that one's been. That's old. That's not the old man. Where's Twitter? Twitter. 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 Damn it. Uh, it's probably in. It was in the last day or two. Yeah. Come on. 
There it is. There it is. Oh, why's it gotta be so small? Why can't you enlarge shit? Why is that way too big? Yeah, I don't know. Hold on. What is going on here? What are you doing? Why am I at 200? Jesus Christ. There we go. And is it still gonna be that small though? And there you go. Slambo, you know your look. Wait. Oh, not so. There he is. That's. Oh, yeah. That's, uh. He's one of your supporters. It's actually Ron. Shirtless old creeps sunbathing in front of the supermarket. That's Ron trying to get a tan. I thought you fought for these guys. It's a life choice, baby, or it is something. A, it is a life choice. It's what you what said. It's a fucking life choice. It's, it's kind of cold out, right? Like, I don't even know. I don't know when that was taken like the meth, or the, why. The methamphetamines, uh, they Yeah, they, the they, meth makes it, them impervious. Exactly. It makes oh, them okay. cold. All They're right. super soldiers. Yeah. Super soldier serum. That's what you're going to use on everybody uh, at some point. All right, here. So here's the uh, ghost. Oh, you. Oh, I drew a ghost. Why does that look like a KKK <laughs> yeah. member? Let me see. Let me see. Let me show the camera. Why, it's a ghost. It's Lamborghini's ghost for anyone who doesn't see it. It's very angry. It's like a eyes grand wizard. It, like, <laughs> it does very much look like a grand wizard. Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> They're all real it's, scary ghosts. Like it's, it's Halloween. I'm surprised. Like, why didn't you? He's not that scary. Why don't you make any political ads? Oh, you well, you know they they just won't they won't fund my campaign. They fund you my. You make uh, your own. Just upload uh, them. You don't yeah. pay nothing. Just like this show, you you just do it. You just do it. Oh, you're doing it tonight. Do one right now. Doing that tonight. Bash someone else and vote just, for me, bitches. Uh, fuck that other guy. You know the guy that wants to um. The, the guy that wants to ban alcohol, that guy just wants to, uh, oh, shit. You should do a slam ad against that guy. Oh, you yeah. You gotta talk like Slambo, though. <laughs> yeah, what, what, who, that yeah. was just intern Pete. Fuck, man. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I still got more what, uh, Halloween decorations, dude. <laughs> did you have the group with the other ads, the Schumer? I found some sweet. Horrible ones. <laughs> All right, let me see. Because I, I didn't even find the, the one that's been playing is a stupid guitar string one. Go down to like the fourth one down. The tailgate, uh, I think, was the first one. Yeah, these are all. I didn't realize there were so many good Chuck Schumer commercials. Chuck Schumer, what a. Is it everyone at home watching? Uh, like, can they see this shit? Switch it uh, over. Oh my God. Uh, He's such a good guy. But then, like, there's got to be something bad with him. All right. It's got to it's gotta be up to something. He's so such a good guy. There's three ones. This is tailgating. Who's your favorite Buffalo Bill of all time? Bruce Smith. Jim Kelly. Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer. Yeah, like the Bills were going to leave. Chuck Schumer made sure that didn't Jim happen. Jim Kelly talks like an artard. New owner and worked with the NFL to keep the team in Buffalo. Is he a waterhead? From one quarterback to another. I'm proud to have a senator He's working for all of New York. Thanks, Jim. Broad. I'm Chuck Schumer, and I approve this message. <laughs> Go Bills! I like the Chuck Schumer. He's, so I like that he endorses his own the good ones. <laughs> uh, yeah, then the next one is yogurt. Yogurt, all right. He's got so yogurt. much, so much goodness. He's a big supporter of yogurt. Yeah, he likes right, it on his good. face, <laughs> on his back. Let me get a full screen here of Chuck Schumer. Yes, he He's such a kindly, old-looking man. A farmer grows the crops to feed the cows. To produce the milk. To make the yogurt. To, to feed, feed Chuck Schumer. It's called the multiplier effect for jobs. <laughs> Greek yogurt is a boon to New York's economy. Chuck Schumer is making it happen, convincing the USDA to add Greek 
Greek yogurt to school lunch programs nationwide. Nationwide! He's not only taking care of New York. More jobs, happy cows. It's all good for New York. Happy I'm cows. I'm Chuck Schumer, and I approve this message. <laughs> That's kids eating yogurt. <laughs> that, is that is the greatest campaign ever. No, it's I'm not, because he gave, yogurt. he kept rock and roll in, in oh, the U.S. Oh, he did? Yes. Oh, wow. He all, fucking, right. all that other shit is, is chump change compared to <laughs> the guitar shit he's done. <laughs> all right. For the good people. He's a like, rocker. I didn't know this oh, about Chuck Schumer. He brought rock and roll. He gave rock and roll to you. Dave right. Rock and Roll Guitar to strings, we make over a half million a day, made here and played by musicians all over the world. But Chinese counterfeit strings were hurting those our jinx, bottom line. Those gooks. Until Chuck Schumer said, Stop. Stop, you fucking gooks. We need our own shit. Some phony strings. Protecting over 800 New York jobs. Music to my ears. Chuck Schumer, the one New Yorkers count on. Yeah. New Yorkers. I'm Chuck Schumer, Schumer rocks. Prove this message. Wow, Chuck Dude, Schumer is the best. He's really held our country down. He's thought, told the gooks to stop making their cheap, <laughs> shitty strings yes. that are probably like snapping and blinding fucking kids. He's a good guy. He's bringing back Greek he's got yogurt, the yogurt and, and the football. <laughs> he kept Buffalo uh, Bills over there. But uh, I was like, there's got to be something bad about Chuck Schumer. So I think we need to watch the next oh, video. There's definitely oh. something. Uh-oh. There's got to be something. He's got to be fucking some sort of cancer. Oh, no. What is this? This is Defeat, Defeat Chuck, Chuck Schumer. Schumer. America, it is worth it. Year is about the people's fury. All right, hold on. I'm going to start. The... All right, here we go. This election year is about the people's fury at the most powerful and corrupt political force in America. What? Not the Chuck Schumer. Bosses, the suits in the suites. He's such a good guy. up the truth about their chosen candidates. They are corrupting American journalism by not letting their own reporters tell the truth. It's no longer Republicans versus Democrats. It's <laughs> Chuck Schumer versus, versus everybody. They are ideologues and political haters who want to influence every aspect of our lives. What? They are even politicizing sports. They are not what? just biased Sports or be an opposition party. Uh, they are the opposition party. Politified. Politified. Americans are fighting back Politified, baby. And you can join the fight. All right. Send How? a message and stun the media bosses who won't ask Chuck Schumer about his ties to left-wing extremists like billionaire America what? hater George Soros, what? racially divisive Al Sharpton, no! <laughs> matter, and the anti-religious fanatics at ACLU. What? Make the media oh, no. ask Schumer why he's the chief more of those people. He does look a lot evil, a lot worse when you make them all grainy looking. <laughs> he looks evil as fuck. And scriptural war on Catholics. War on political dissenters. War on the small Whoa. businesses that create new jobs. What? Uh, he's got guitar hero back. The American <laughs> dream is dying. But instead of exposing the scandals, the media balls. bosses are propping up the worst president <laughs> and most corrupt administration in history. Huh. And Chuck Schumer is the leading Senate apologist for all of the corruption cover-ups. What? Schumer thinks what? liberals we, have we... a right to lie because the people can't be trusted with the truth. Chuck Schumer thinks people should be trying to pass lying? an amendment that would protect the news monopoly of his media bosses huh. by shutting down First Amendment rights. No. Fuck Chuck outrageous Schumer. This was all news to me. Republicans, independents, and Democrats. Chuck Defeat Schumer's the Antichrist. Chuck Schumer, return the dream to America. Stop the kill, Chuck Schumer. Media. Defeat yeah. Schumer. But he's giving us rock and roll and yogurt. America is worth it. Is responsible for the content of this advertising. God, I wonder if those things will like will like harm him in a fight, like cheap Chinese guitar <laughs> strings, <laughs> like 
hoard them and get some like not Greek yogurt, but what's the other one? Like Gogurt. Just squirt Gogurt at him if you see him. <laughs> so, so it that... might it might like just kill him. Like the witch in Wizard of Oz. Very what are you interrupting us is. for, Slambo? No, We're learning no, uh, about I, Chuck I, Schumer. Yes. Who's yeah, a yeah, pirate, show us. I just had a, show I, the class. Oh, okay. Oh, this. Ha. All right. This is uh, the cheap jack-o'-lantern with balls, and uh, he's smoking. Can I, everybody see this? He's, uh, let me see <laughs> he's here. I can't something. see it. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> okay. I like That's, him. He's, uh, he doesn't have a KKK pumpkin. hood on, though. I thought they were all going to have that after your first... Or like you gotta carve like a swastika. Yeah, I could put a swastika. <laughs> Draw more. We need we need a whole wall we need of more. shit. Yeah. All right. A whole we need to like tape them through our faces and God damn make it. me a mask. I need a mask. Make him a slambo mask. God damn it, dude. Make, make him a mask. Schumer mask. Oh, okay. A Chuck Schumer mask. A Chuck Schumer. I was mask. trying to find that fucking dude in uh, Chicago. He was amazing. Skoog. <laughs> that we found earlier, he's fucking amazed because in the commercial, like against him, it keeps showing that other asshole. Who was that guy? Um, Michael Madigan. Madigan, yeah. Madigan. And like in his commercial for Skoog, the one that, yeah. against him, it kept like <clears throat> in the background popping up a fucking. It kept uh, popping up a black and white picture of uh of Madigan, like he was like controlling Skoog, and fucking uh he looked like the Emperor in fucking like Star Wars. It was great. And Skoog <laughs> is just a fat fuck. And he just fucking, he just looks like Bob Rob Ford or something. <laughs> Mike Madigan does. There is a picture looks of Mike like Madigan Senator Palpatine. Right there. He, he definitely <laughs> looks like Palpatine. Slambo, did you see Mike Madigan? I need. Oh God! You can play the one ad we found. Where's it's, that? It is the, the. I don't know. Did I post it? Uh, I can send it to you. In the message. He, he is a Sith Lord. He's definitely practicing some dark side. <laughs> yeah. He's fucking. Yeah, he's evil. He's evil. Where's the uh Dude, there are so many slam ads against him too when we were Oh Madigan, like, yeah, they, he's a real They do scumbag, not like Madigan. Here's a Chuck Schumer mask. He just it, a, oh, you made a Chuck a, Schumer mask. I'll send you. Oh, oh that's <laughs> that's but, but that looks like Slim. Yeah, it does. It's Chicago Democrat boss how Alright, I was just doing that to send you I'll yeah. send you this video in a link. We've got to show the people here. In a message. This is uh Chuck Schumer mask, it's um <laughs> Everything you like drew was very angry. All your, all your, all of your like horror stuff is just angry faces. I know if uh. <laughs> well, we need more, so just yeah, yeah don't just stop. Keep don't stop the magic while we watch. We're gonna sell these. You need to sign them too. <laughs> this, I think was, this commercial uh, has Skoog in it. If it was Trump, oh god, okay. I think he's be. in it. I, I don't know, but it definitely it has a uh, Madigan in it. Vote no on million dollar Mike. That's million dollar Madigan. Good. <laughs> Mike Madigan. Mike Madigan in the morning. You think he can Jeez. shoot lightning from his uh, uh, probably. Fingertips? I'm pretty sure. Maybe fire. The I best thing too was fire. like there was another guy like running. It was like uh, out in Chicago. There was another guy running, and it was back to back a good ad or a bad ad, and then his good ad. Like it was great. The first one just telling you how much of a piece of shit he is. The second one like showing him like he rescuing nuns it. from a fucking burning pet shop and like kissing babies, fucking <laughs> like rescuing vets, veterans and shit. Like he's just going giving him like. Fucking healthcare right on the street. He's giving him like Percocets and shit. He's such a good guy. I love him. But uh, yeah, let's watch. Let's watch this one. Chicago Democrat boss House Speaker Mike Madigan combines the worst <laughs> qualities of Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. For the last 30 years, Million Dollar Mike used his public office to enrich himself while refusing to release his tax returns. But Million Dollar Mike couldn't exist without the support of Andy Scoop. There he is. That's Life Scoop. in Illinois <laughs> is good for Million Dollar Mike and Andy Scoop. 
How about you? Love that man. On November Andy 8th, Scoob. vote no on Mike Madigan <laughs> by voting no on Andy Scoob. Vote yes on Spoon. Scoog is just Andy a fat Scoog. piece of shit. Oh my god. So, uh, fuck. So what was it too? There was also like watching the news out there. There was it was like this horrific story of a house fire in like Wisconsin or something. It shows this house. There's no roof. It's fucking like completely fucking gone. Like and then they're like, and one person died. It's like the saddest story. And then the next thing is like, but fuck them because the the Cubs are in the World Series. It just goes to like fucking Wrigley Field and like confetti's falling and shit. Like it's like you know they, it's not they weren't that. But it went from yeah, one to the other. It's like, really? Oh, it's really? Like, you just told us about this fucking horrible house fire and somebody fucking... Somebody fucking uh, <laughs> dying in it and it looked terrible. And then, like I said, and then next thing is like, but go Cubbies! It's fucking horrible. I was cracking Just the up. most awkward transitions possible. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, go. Let me see. Uh, you got Facebook open? Yes, I do. Look, uh, yeah, you could, you could find him. J-O-N. I, I messaged this guy. I hope he comes on our show. He hasn't got back to me, this fucking bag of shit. And then Space, uh, S-U-D. Uh, yeah, click that fat fuck. I guess the second one down. That's on artist? Yeah, that, I mean, they're both him. They're both him. Oh, he But is. he's very, uh, he's got a lot of, oh, we gotta find him on YouTube. Okay. He's got a lot of songs. 50k YouTube. Look songs. at him. He's nice. Where's his YouTube link? Like? It's got to be on here, right? Let's see. I guess just type, like copy and paste that into YouTube, maybe. His name. Fuck. Yeah. I I should have looked him up better. On I thought his songs were gonna be on here. He sings a lot of good songs, bro. Oh, uh, it's probably in the. About. He's a good singer too. Why would you not like? He's, post... a, he's John Sedano. Is that Doritos? Is that his background? Oh yeah, there you <laughs> go. Just, just click Adele. Doritos. He's got two. He's got Village People and Adele on his Facebook, but he's got a lot more on All his right. fucking YouTube, which is. I know he's got better ones. <laughs> I still love that this dude is just gigantic, and his background is. I love the angle of the camera. Of Doritos. The <laughs> angle of the camera shows his fat, hairy chin. <laughs> oh Holy fuck! Shit. All right, let me uh, make sure. Uh, Here's think... a Hillary Clinton mask. That's good. Oh, we got. Me... <laughs> well, yeah, people. People want to see John Sedano. <laughs> see now, how come she doesn't look as angry as the other things you drew? She just seems kind of like happy. She seems very. She went to happy. an Adele she's concert extreme. last night, so exactly. she is happy, she is, and that's why we have to watch happy. John Sedano's cover of Adele. Hello. Okay. All right. Here we go. Because that that Hillary loves it. She's going to a John Sedano concert. <laughs> oh, this guy's talented. Beautiful. Fuck yeah. I wish I could do this shit. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll. This is the one I wanted to hear. I didn't know he called it just this. It's this song too. This is the whole positive quick. This is the one Jeremy found first. There's a whole <laughs> genre. It's like a whole fucking like whole bunch of like millions of people that took this song. Was it Smash Mouth? Yes. Whatever the fuck it is. Uh, so, yeah. Do and you remember what it was called? Um, walking on, not nah, walking on the star. All star, I think. All star. Yes. Yeah. They yeah. took it and put it to other songs' music, and it mm -hmm. goes perfectly. It goes perfectly to every different. Really. Fucking, you wouldn't even think some of the shit they mix it to. Like I've heard it to Modest Mouse, uh, Float On. I've heard it because Jeremy's like obsessed with this. But this was right. the first one he found. Yeah. Usually people take the actual lyrics from the song, like the real audio, and put it okay. to the other music. But this guy, he has to sing it because he's a good singer. <laughs> so let's. <laughs> Let's go back to your all-star, to uh, Adele. Oh, 
I really want him on the show. He's good. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> Go. How does somebody with a head like that even exist? Like, you had no. The neck is just like. He's got like the neck beard all over. Oh. You don't even clean it up. Just staring off in the space while we sing it. <laughs> Hello from the outside. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, he, is, he is great. Was that Fuck. it? It just cuts off there. I guess that's all. All he wow. gives us. He's amazing. Yeah. But Holy shit! Uh... I think it's about break time. I think Slambo needs to make a lot more to cover that wall. Okay. Yeah. few minutes. We need a few minutes because we will be back with uh, Bleeding Critic in a few minutes. He's going to tell us a special fucking Halloween story. Awesome. He's so fucking stay tuned. Ready. All right. All right, guys. We'll be back. All right. Hi, I'm Kevin Goatee, and I don't have VD. You're listening to The Robin Slim Show. The audience is listening. Ten. Don't panic if your speakers start to bleed. Nine. You are in a safe place. Eight. If you feel uncomfortable, you're welcome to switch off now. Seven. Or simply leave the room. Six. Bleedingcritic.com is the interactive international horror website. Five. Where horror fans have a voice and are actually seen. Four. The anonymous person behind this unique horror community. Three. Is a horror film critic, blogger and writer. Two. He is here now on the Robin Slim Show. And, and his, his name, name is, is Bleeding Critic. Don't blame me if your imagination creates images and thoughts that will make you question your mental health. I cannot be held responsible if you choose to do something very bad afterwards. Apparently every one of us at any location is no more than four and a half metres from a working demon. Their work is to smell out the vulnerable. They can enter our lives greeting us with gorgeous smiles and fresh good looks. Only when we sleep they temporarily lose the human image that fools us during daylight. At night they look like large black spiders and when we sleep they actually scuttle into our mouths or deep into our ears or squeeze up inside through our anus checking the health of our hearts and then the activity in our brains if we are weak they nest inside our stomachs until it's time to shut everything down by slowly eating away our vital organs, but always chewing on our intestines first. So if you notice blood after you go to the toilet, your personal hell has begun. 
I woke up in terror from a deep sleep just before a spider demon was about to scuttle down my throat. I gagged, choked and wrenched the demon out, falling to the floor. It was swimming in my regurgitated evening meal. I surprised it with my immediate vomit reflex. It morphed into its human form and to provoke me it chose the image of my dead stepmother. She was a cold-hearted home wrecker. Thankfully she was barren. If she had kids, I would have definitely broken their frail necks, not out of anger or revenge for my birth mother, but out of kindness so they wouldn't suffer from having a nasty reptile for a mother. (laughs) The demon actually laughed at me, just like you did then. I picked up my cherished 1980s ghetto blaster next to my bed, and yeah, It was heavy enough. I caved the demon bitch's skull in. It returned to its natural appearance. A squashed, dead demon spider. I fried it, and once called down, I fed it to my dogs. Have you wondered why at this time of year the suicide rate increases? It's because it's the busiest time for all the millions of spider demons. They smell and hunt down those of you that are vulnerable and they actually encourage you to self-harm and make you brutally violent towards your loved ones. But please don't worry. I've negotiated with the devil herself to delay your death day. So you're safe for now. Especially those of you that are listening right now to the Robin Slim Show. Wow. Yes. Bravo, wow. sir. <clears throat> wow. Bleeding evening. <laughs> What's going on, man? <laughs> Bleeding critic. I like, I wanted to ask too, um, when you portray the devil, is it always a female? Yeah, I think a couple of times I've mentioned, yeah, because it's traditionally it's always a bloke, isn't it? So I thought, yeah, to me, I think female gives it another layer of, I don't know, probably a bit of a, a seductory feel, you know? I think it's um, sexy up a little bit. But yeah, I actually wrote that, especially for this show so i haven't got a title for it so if anyone's listening be sure to phone in and suggest a title for that little number um yeah absolutely dude that was amazing i was so excited when you told me earlier that you had just finished writing it like i was like that's so cool no yeah i think it's because it's just it's great i mean sometimes there's a lot of the ingredients I include a lot of salt and pepper in there of stuff that I've thought about and the people that my fans they just love it and I just wanted to bring that to the open especially this time of year because it is a, a very difficult time in real life for so many people and I love the idea of well how about this it could be the reason is there's there's demons out there that 
do prey on us. I actually things. have a true story. A guy I used to work with, he woke up one night, he's had a piercing, like, hot pain in his ear, and he woke up and, like, smacked his head, and it was a squish spider. It was a big spider. And, like, days and days went by, I think, like, two or three, and his earlobe kept, like, balling up, and it got to the size of, like, a golf ball. It was Ooh. full. Uh, he had to go to the hospital, and they had to drain it. It was full of the venom. Oh, God, did you get any photos? No, I did. Uh, at the time, though, I, I it was at a radio station I worked at, and I just I, I photoshopped his head on Spider-Man's body. <laughs> <laughs> we all got a good laugh out of it. But, <laughs> but yes, yeah, yeah, he said yeah. it was so hot, and he felt like, the, I guess, it the, the stinger or the Ooh. teeth going into him, and that's the pain he felt. Yeah, it's, it's nice to hear you laughing, but as you know, I don't do funny. Yes, yeah, no. That's true. Do you no. think like that's what a demon would look like as a spider creature? I think we all have our own interpretation of what something evil would look like. Yes. And I think it's something that probably changes from day to day or whenever someone thinks about it. I haven't actually given it that sort of thought until at this point really or when i've been writing but i think i like the idea of that it can change and that it can change to those of us that have been upset or wounded by people we thought that actually cared for us i think they're pretty good demons because as i said in my story they come with gorgeous smiles and good looks and it's only till you get to get to know them on the inside what their true colours are like over time. So, I think that they're the real life demons, the people that come into our lives that want to um, make us feel bad, weak, mm. or put us down. So I think it's important to surround yourself with people that make you feel good. Does anything terrify you, bleeding critic, or had anything as a child? When I was a young clown. Um, there is something that crossed the line with me and I did potholing once and I'm quite fearless. Potholing, does it mean the same in the US when you go, like they filmed The Descent when the girls go potholing and there's the creatures that live underneath the ground. Potholing. Yes, I've never that, heard yeah. that term, but it's, yes. I don't know what it's called. What is it called with you guys? Spelunking. Spelunking, yeah. Yeah, okay, spelunking. Um, and I have I did that in um, a place where all the rock was plastic. It was like a, a mock area. It was just basically a place to train. And I was quite fearless, and I was about three quarters of the way through trying to t contort my body through a tunnel. And the film, The Descent, came to me. And I had to leave. And that was when a horror film actually crossed over into my real life. And that's an indication of a bleeding good film. Yes. And um, yeah. so potholing, I think that's linked to suffocating, isn't it? Or, or waking up in a coffin. Yeah. That's the thing that's that I think is quite a deep-seated fear with most people. But apart from that, I'm, I like a challenge. I'm pretty fearless, especially getting people to be quiet in a cinema when I'm watching it. Have you seen any um, recent movies that you would recommend for for Halloween? Um, I think a lot of people, especially picking up online, they seem to watch the same films at Halloween. Um, I 
I haven't got any specific one that comes to mind. Let me think what I would watch. I'll tell you what, I probably will watch around Halloween time, and that will be John Carpenter's Don John Carpenter's original The Fog from the eighties. I think that is a that sets a very nice tone for Halloween. Mm. Um and I also think um the other one I think that's um good watching that I've just finished recently and not really a Halloween theme but more of a, a pretty good TV horror drama and that was the TV series of Wolf Creek which is done created by the same people that did the films and I just finished that um, and I was impressed so if anyone out there hasn't seen that I recommend Wolf Creek the TV series that features a really good strong young female character Nice. Did you see the um? Are are you? Do you watch The Walking Dead? Because I've heard the new one is hard to watch. I I kept away from The Walking Dead when it came out because when everyone blows steam about how brilliant a program is, I just turned the other way and like yeah whatever. Yeah. But when the dust settled, I did start watching it, and I actually video reviewed it on my site all the first seasons from one to six, and I have to say. I took the bait and I was hooked. I loved it because of the depth of character. And what's so great is you actually care about the characters on screen. And I watched episode one of season seven this week and I was watching it with my jaw on the ground. It was beyond sensational. I loved every second. It was so well thought out. Uh, but what really agitates me, I don't know whether you guys clocked it, but some of these motherfuckers online, they just tweet about the plot and tell people <sighs> what happened. No. And there's a lot. And you had to stay clear of it. And I just don't know why people can't just shut up and just yeah, comment right. about it and say how wonderful it was. And mm. but I did clock a few um, videos that were quite entertaining where people have actually filmed their own reaction to it which oh, was quite wow. amusing and um but yeah i was genuinely surprised i had an idea who was going to get it in the in the head by the baseball bat mm. but i was blown away I was, I, I was just back in the groove of the series after not seeing it for a while but i i'm a big 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 fan i think it's I get some people get really annoyed about it and they, they you know, they think um, certain people aren't represented well and it's, it's predictable somehow. And I totally respect that. But don't mm. forget over here in England, we just have a different a different um, angle on it. But it is what it is. It's TV entertainment at its finest. And I just hope after this first episode, it continues along this epic um, epic storyline. I was I was beyond thrilled. Wow. Yes, I, I have, I've heard about it. I, I have to see. I've yet to watch an episode, just like you said. I'm the same way. Like I, yeah, I've only. I, and seen if I don't watch a show from the beginning, I just, I, I really don't get into it. But I have yeah. to go back and watch. What were you saying, Pete? I've only seen like halfway into the first season. Yeah, I, I binged watched oh. the whole first season, but I just couldn't get into it. But everybody really? keeps telling me that. It's, like, yeah. Hello, Pete. By the way, nice to hear your voice again, my yeah. friend. Nice to see you. you, you. I'm sorry. I think you got to him, BC. <laughs> I was like thinking about this. <laughs> no, I think I think it's really. I mean, it's like I think I said to you guys before. I think you have to be in a certain mood, and if you yeah. set the tone right for whatever program or film you watch, 
if you're in the right state of mind, you enjoy it more. Yes. I mean, it's like um, I watched the first episode because it's only just come over here on Fox TV of the TV series of The Exorcist. And I was like thinking, mm, you're going to compare it to the film. It's going to be in, you know. And um, I was impressed with that. I heard that I too. I heard they go into a lot more detail with the, the characters and all. I heard it's, yeah. it's done really well. Yeah. And as you guys know, I mean, so many people, they don't watch TV anymore. It's more about YouTube and Netflix. Yes. It's really popular over here. And you, you can choose your own entertainment. That's why the net is so good for creative people like myself. You know, it means that we can just put our work out there. Um, right. Yeah. Have you gotten any uh, bad rap for the uh, the killer? I don't know if you guys have them out there, but we've had killer clowns for like months now in our news. Every day there's some sort it, of a, a killer clown. Didn't they start out in Britain? I'm, I don't know. That's what I thought. It, it, it is over here, but what you need to remember, and this goes for everyone listening to the Robin Slim show right now, is that they're all pretenders, and I'm the real or a clown nice because yes. you know i don't wear a costume just for fun i actually create my own work and i'm not an actor speaking other people's lines i'm not a character i'm actually real so yeah i think the problem is and i'm sure everyone listening will agree with me the more the media talks about it the more it's going to carry on yes you're feeding the fire yes 100 percent agree if, if they just stopped it just w wouldn't wouldn't happen exactly exactly and i think a lot of it is to do with people having a bit of fun before halloween but mm. when it's crossing the line especially if you're a parent and you've got a young kid that's perhaps going to be sort of traumatized for life then you got a question now hang on a minute here especially if they've got weapons in their hand mm. it did start over here um and the funny thing is, in my hometown, there was a sighting, but it wasn't me. Wow. Um, which um, I thought was quite amusing. Um, it only affects me in so much as if I go outside and have photos professionally taken, it's put things in a bit of a difficult uh, perspective because mm. it means if someone sees me, they'll be on the phone to police straight away. So that's put up. <laughs> so I've got to be extra careful, careful if I do go out. Um, yeah. Um, but, you know, normally I scuttle about at night on your ceilings anyway, don't I? Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, it's been, it's, yeah, it's just like, it gets a bit boring. I mean, sometimes I think, my God, if the news talks about this, the world is a safe place right now, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Right. As I say the same thing, like, we have wars going on, we have soldiers dying, but we still have Super Bowls and World Series, so it can't be that bad yet, I guess. Absolutely, absolutely. But have you... um? I guess you have because of your research before the show. Have you taken a look at my interactive international website? Yes, and I was going to ask you if you've added anything since we last talked to you. Yeah, it's growing. I've um, started doing – I've been doing your short horror films where people that have got a horror film, they can send it to me, and then I load it up. But what I do, I actually film – a special introduction spoiler free intro by me and then i tweet the hell out of it and make sure people go to follow you on twitter and support and interact with you on facebook and youtube but what i've started to do is i've actually 
um, been asking female horror film directors around the world to send me their short horror work because, you know, just to balance things up a bit, because there's been a lot of stuff in the news about the lack of women in film in general. And I thought, hang on, let's do my bit. So I've been tweeting and I've been getting some great films by uh women horror film directors who are incredibly talented but i'm still looking for people of all sort of um, backgrounds and gender as well but um and the other thing i do is started kicking off as well as horror memories where you can film yourself sharing that moment from any film recent or old that damaged you forever is horror therapy where you talk about a real life moment and um, so you got a chance to be on my site more than once. That's outstanding. And, and what's so great is the platform I've created is totally free. You don't have to be a member. You can just send me your, your video and then I'll, I'll add your Twitter handle on it. So it just encourages that sort of horror community. And I think that's the thing of the future is the interaction level, which I've got, because I think so many people especially well-known people in the horror um, genre industry, it tends to be all about them. Yeah. And it wouldn't take them, you know, it would be great if they just support a little bit more. And I think that's what I'm about is that I just like supporting people that are talented. So it's the horror talent and the horror fans get to have a voice and are actually seen. Yeah, I love that. I, I told... I... When you last were on our show, I told uh, my barber about you, and uh, I, I, I guess I went for like two haircuts probably, and he just kept talking about you. He, he wanted to see the, our interview with you so bad, uh, wow. and finally he did. He messaged me. He was like, that's a great, a great episode, and he said he just loved you. Yeah, I think you guys in the States, you really do get me, um, and I've always looked upon um new york actually is my second home um whenever i've been over to your neck of the woods so welcoming you know i love walking around with people not knowing who i am mm. and um hence the mask it gives me that anonymity um but yeah i really appreciate that that's really nice to hear and, and thanks for um spreading the word no problem uh brother i was gonna ask you too what is peakers i saw that that was a featured um, show on your website. Yeah, the Peakers is a short film um, that just came to me. Uh, because sometimes what I do, if I've got a bit of spare time, I go on YouTube, I just tap in short horror films. And if I see someone that's created something that energized me, I get in touch with them and say, look, I can have your short on my website, you know, and I'll tweet the hell out of it. And they take a look at my website and they see what, what I'm about. And um, and Peekers is one of them. I saw it and I was so impressed with it because it was actually, what's so good about Peekers, it's only about eight minutes long and it's a horror short film set in daylight without any jump scares and it's unpredictable and it's one that actually stays with you for a long time afterwards and that's the beauty of a short horror film it can really get underneath your skin and freeze your spine wow that's that's amazing i'm curious um 
when people send you horror films, if you receive one that you just think is not good or that you don't think they put enough effort into it, do you just ignore it? Do you let them know, like, I'm not going to put this on my site? No, How do you go no. about that? If someone's taking the time out to send me something that they've created, if I don't like it, it's you've got to be honest. They've put the time in. You have to be honest, and they take it and and or leave it. But you've got to be constructive because you might see something that is pretty bad, but you can see that spark of talent, and you don't want to sort of like you know kick them down about it. You want to yeah. you want to encourage them to go look, do it again, but leave that out, or you don't need this, or you know it it varies. And sometimes I put work out that I think well actually I like this about seventy percent, but but you know what. I think they they're gonna they got a great future, and I want to you know just because someone may not it might not sort of vibe well with me, mm. the audience may love it. You know what I mean? So I try to be as 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 fair as possible. Yeah, answering your question. Yeah, you gotta be honest. You gotta be honest, and I always say that to people. If you send me your short film and you want my feedback, I'll tell you, or wait until it's on my site and you'll see my my um, spoiler free review where. I hold it in high regard. Cool. Was there any situations ever where you did criticize somebody and and you were honest with them and they didn't take it well? Yeah, once. There is a film I reviewed and I was really annoyed about it because it was just, to me, the acting, the casting was bad, uh, script wasn't up to much, and the director actually got in touch with me and the funny thing is in my video review i actually said if you're listening just take it on the chin and do a better job next time and this person took um was was basically the reaction was quite telling because i don't think he was used to someone just expressing an opinion um and you just take it or leave it it's just my opinion we all got opinion every everyone's a bleeding critic and um yeah and i just i uh, but then I, what i did was i communicated with them explained and you know and we you know i actually tried to get them to interview which they said they would but that never happened but yeah you'll have to go through all my video reviews to find out which film it was but my god did i did i tear it to pieces <laughs> because don't forget because you're investing your own time in it and you know, you're excited about it you put that disc in and you watch it and you're like hang on a minute i'm wasting my time here and it's just a shame and i'm not interested in someone's journey i'm interested in the end result the mm. film i don't right. care about, well you know we were short of money and we had to rush this bollocks you know mm. you gotta you don't cut corners make it brilliant right. put your heart and soul in it and I'm I'm there. I'll be the one that'll be screaming about it. Yeah. Um, but the last one of the last video reviews I did is called Atroz, as in atrocity. And I give it a good score, but it was the most what's the word vomitricious film I think I've ever witnessed. Yeah. I had to. This is the first time I've actually had to stop halfway through. Because I just couldn't take any more of it. Wow. It's a foreign, I think it's a Spanish number. number. Uh, I think, it, I'm not sure if it's out yet. I think it is, actually. And um, I watched that. And then I returned to watch it to see it to the end. It was beautifully done. But it just crossed that line where I was just glad while I was watching that I hadn't eaten. 
You can watch that review on on the website at the moment. I'll have to check that out. You know what I I saw recently that I'm obsessed with before we wrap this up? I just says, I watched uh, Eli Roth's Knock Knock. It was like a remake of like an older movie, I guess. And I'm just obsessed with it because of Keanu Reeves. And there's one scene where he's tied up and he's just yelling, it was free pizza. (laughs) You see, I ripped the shit out of that film <laughs> yeah it was bad but... it was bad I, but i know keanu reeves is a lovely person in real life i got a lot of respect for him and obviously speed and the matrix that film i was i was i was in the cinema and afterwards i was like jesus christ i i just watched my review for it you know <laughs> oh, and i you know i should have just yeah, and how dare you mention that while I'm on this show? <laughs> I've seen, you've actually witnessed it, and you shared that with me. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I forgive you this once. All right. Thank you, Bleeding Critic. Thank you. That was a pretty atrocious movie. Yes. Jesus, it, it could have been really good. I love really clever um home invasion movies yeah it was a good concept incredibly upsetting I, and sinister i had heard yeah. um what's the most recent one don't breathe i heard that's pretty good like it's about yeah. uh some people that they feel uh i guess a disabled veteran would be a good person yeah. to like invade yeah. his it, home and he they just i guess it's the same same team that did the remake of the evil dead and oh. i wasn't really keen to see that but when you watch the trailer it's like what is the point of getting a ticket? Everything is revealed. Do you know what I mean? Which happens so much. So I do try and avoid trailers as much as I can. And I would like to see that, but I'm just going to let everything die down a bit and then I'll watch it. Mm. But that looks great idea. It's a shame. You know, that's got the guy from um, the guy that's blind. I can't remember his name. The actor, he was in the original avatar. I think he was the guy that says, Get your legs back. That one, oh, I can't remember his name, but he was in Avatar, the main guy who's blind in that, in, in Don't Breathe. Mm. Leading critic, we have to uh, wrap this up. Thank you so much, my friend. Um, where can everybody find you again? Oh, God. You can all find me at Bleeding Critic on Twitter. The website is, of course, bleedingcritic.com. And if you'd like me, to be your voicemail greeting if you go to patreon um, the patreon website which i think is a link on twitter you can um, have a look and see how you can go about to have me especially make a voicemail greeting for you that's so cool cool just something a little bit different so i can answer answer your cell phone if you're unable to so uh, you can contact me or have a look on my website for all about that but it's lovely to um speak to you all again you as well i really it's scary isn't it when was the last time i did you have me on almost a year at least i was gonna say a year about jesus that's gone by quickly it does but yeah i'm sure we'll talk again soon but thank you again for inviting me thank you please sleep well you too my friend too man have a good one, Bleeding Critic. Yeah, I figured I, I tweeted that to the guy. I'm sorry, yeah, just to throw it in. Uh, somebody tweeted, uh, am I missing something? Trying to listen, but getting nothing. So 
I just I, I replied uh, maybe try ref- refreshing it. Yeah. That's why I said maybe like earlier we you know we're playing around with stuff. Yeah, uh, I know everything's started, good. I just so. pulled up the stream and it it seems yeah good and everything looks good on so. here. Man, that story was spine chillingly graphic. <sighs> he is that yeah. he is such a great storyteller, just masterful. Some of his stories I've had to, uh, I've had to just turn off and go back to. Just like he said uh, about some things, like I had to just because I was just so freaked out. Somebody uh, that guy just said too again that he did that and still nothing. So yeah, but you just pulled it know. up. Yeah, I just pulled it up on my phone. It's and it's it played. So I mean, I'll try it too. Oh, and uh, we have oh you had oh, a clown? what is clowns that escaped. Oh, this from, is one of Pete's from the Funhouse. So one of the guys decorations. you employ <laughs> and it's nothing it's not affiliated with bleeding critic but it's, it is not it's <laughs> pete did that before because we have him uh drawing um halloween decorations for the wall and uh that was a clown because we did a story what was that last year i think that was when it we was first started two years ago two years yeah. ago now two years ago of a fun house that had uh clowns chasing people with dildos that I guess. A, what do you expect? It's an evil funhouse with evil clowns. With they it. never answered their phone. Oh man! And they weren't dildos; they were balloon animals. What do you I guys guess cut this about? out of his interview? We don't need this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Pete's fucking obsession with dildo clowns. <laughs> Fuck. But uh, yeah, they I think we'll take animals. a break and uh, come back, and then we got another half hour, and we'll be on with Brian Kane. Awesome. All right, guys, we'll be back. See ya. <clears throat> Somebody said it's lagging a lot. Hey guys, this is Pete from Painted Black Podcast. A lot of people ask me, why should I listen to your show? How would you describe it? Well, horribly offensive. Balls to the walls. A good time. I don't know. Unprofessional. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if fucking Barney heard some... Some screaming from next door. Right. Hey, yo, Fred, I got like, kicked out of the house. So can I stay with you guys for a little bit? No, Barney. <laughs> We're not friends like that. <laughs> you better go stay with the zoo. Dum Dum, you should have said yes to your wife. <laughs> can you imagine what Disney World would have been like had he lived longer? Uh, no Jews. That's <laughs> <laughs> the primary difference. Yeah. I feel like he funded the Nazis in some way. Like, I, don't, I can't prove it. The Let's... first fucking model of their helmet had ears on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the basket's here. It's coming over the hill. What the fuck's going on? Your son sounds like a Renaissance painter. <laughs> he was a fifth Ninja Turtle. He wasn't riding the head. They didn't really bring him out too much. <laughs> I'd like to fight the foot. <laughs> That's probably why they had all the stupid-ass toppings. Bubble like, gum. Fuck, who let those sons order the pizza? I want to think bug. Who, <laughs> who put Legos on this shit? <laughs> Can I give you money for for sex? I would enjoy <laughs> making a transaction for a blowout. Can I get a receipt with that pussy? Oh, yeah. How, how do I follow this? Do you wash those briefs with starch? <laughs> Make that booty clap. Why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> This is Painted Black Podcast, and you can like us on Facebook, on Twitter, at PIB Comics, and check us out every Monday on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean.com, and PodcastNation.net. That was so cool. Yeah, that was awesome. is so amazing. Oh, you know, I was, uh, 
I was trying to find, because I was at work the other day, I was trying to find this shirt to show people at work. I could not find a picture of it online. And have you seen the stupid, like, adult onesies? Oh, yeah. Uh, I did find, when I was Googling Rick and Morty shirts, uh, I, I found there's a Mr. Meeseeks onesie. <laughs> That's really fucking cool. Like, those things are just stupid, but a Meeseeks one, I would definitely rock that. I, I definitely love rock Mr. that. Meeseeks. Oh my god, because uh, it's just such a virus that Rick and Morty. Because uh, I got Jeremy into it, he got Jay into it, and then this dude Mike just keeps. He's like, uh, I keep hearing you guys talk about this. I gotta watch the show. And so the other day when I asked him if uh, if he had seen it, he's like, Yeah, I finally I, I broke it's... down and watched it. He said he hadn't seen Meeseeks yet, because that's what I said. Have you seen Meeseeks yet? He said no, he hasn't seen that one yet. But it's like one of four. Actually, the greatest show that has ever, I think, come out on Adult Swim. Yes, yes. Not. And I do, I love too. and you guys haven't watched, right? The Mike Tyson Mysteries, that. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah, you watch it, yeah. I've seen it, I've seen it. I haven't got a chance to watch that one yet. I want it, though. He Bleeding Critic just messaged me and he said, it's been a year. We got, I guess had him on last Halloween. or. Oh, wow. Yeah. But cool. definitely, definitely do it again. That's so great. Yeah, that movie uh, he was talking about that he uh, was actually scared of the descent. The descent. I don't know if you guys had seen that. It was a really Is good that an movie. Older movie? I, I vaguely remember that. It came out a few was it years like early ago. 2000? Okay, yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah. Even, maybe I am thinking of it then. I, I don't remember. Weren't they like? Maybe I'm thinking of the cave. Is there one called the cave? I don't know. Well, this I one. Know. This one. They were like they go underground and they were like these mutants. And it was just it was just very well done. It was one yeah. of them that oh, I like, okay. really enjoyed. The the cover was just like I think the girl just looking up, it's all dark in the background and she's covered in blood. That don't breathe yeah. movie, like I'd wanted to see that and then Jay at work came in, he's got one of those sweet boxes or something, the Amazon, whatever, and it was on there. He's like, oh, okay. that movie. Like, cause you can watch movies that are out, I guess. I don't know if that's I don't know. If that's kosher and like if it's legal or not, I don't know if he's got a cracked one or what. Well, but like, is it still in theaters? It or? was, yeah, oh, not too so long cool. ago. So I don't know. Like I said, if he's if he's doing it on the up and up or what, but he said it was great. It was great. Yeah, like like I, I said, leading critic. Like I watched the synopsis of it, and yeah, some home invaders yeah. decide to go in a veteran's house who's disabled, but. Then he holds them like hostage or something. Oh, that's a great like, he concept. He fucks with them or something. Yeah, it was, it was like a really good. Out. He's like he said it had a really good twist. It was really that's good. Awesome. And just like Bleeding Critic said though, the mood. Like I remember, I tried watching, uh, fucking uh, what's that movie? I love uh, Tropic Thunder. Oh yeah, it's probably in my top five comedies or movies even. Like I throw that thing is amazing. And uh, I was in the worst mood the first time I tried watching. I'm like, this isn't funny. And I didn't watch it from the beginning. That might have that was definitely part of it too. I think like I'm like, this is fucking I, stupid. I and then I fake movie trailers. A day or two me. later, it came back on, and I was like, I fucking love this movie. Love this movie. Well, I the saw fake trailers. Just yeah, yeah from the, the beginning. fake trailers. Are I so think you and I funny. saw it in theaters together, right? Was it you, you and me? Yeah, we yeah. saw it in theaters together, and I remember yeah. actually like being a little confused because they did do it 
where they made it seem like those were the like yeah. real trailers. Yeah, it was right at the beginning. Yeah, Did like they a, do that in the movie too? Did they yeah. have other trailers before it? Or because I just saw it on DVD. Saw, somebody else was asking me that recently, and I can't remember. I didn't see. I, it I don't either. think there. I don't. If there were. I don't think there were many trailers because you still kind of felt like, Dude, the, oh, we're still watching trailers, the fake, and then you realize, oh, wait, this is the movie. The fake trailer part. Like I, as uh, soon as I realized what it was, I was dying. I was, yeah, yeah it was since really it is almost Halloween, was it Monday? I was going to ask, besides coming out of the closet, what are you scared of, Slim? Ooh. <laughs> Did anything ever scare you, though? Like, really? Like, in real life, as a kid, or even now? Because spiders, like, I almost brought that up with Bleeding Critic. Like, spiders still, man. Like, I... Fucking... Not much scares me, like... Cabbage patch spiders. don't give me the creeps, man. Cabbage really? Like, seriously? <laughs> I can't fucking stand those fucking things. The creepy little eyes, and they're... Like, are they still around? I remember them as a kid with no, my sister in, like, the 80s. No, but my, my grandmother, when I was a child, used to have, like, a whole room full of fucking creepy-ass Cabbage Patch dolls. Yeah. Just a whole wow. Room. And it, I'd have to sleep in there. You know, and, like, just dark. you mentioning that, I, my grandmother has these really, like, lifelike-looking dolls. They're creepy, Poor, like, tall yeah. ones. Like, maybe, like, I don't know, foot or two? I don't know. She has oh, them wow. all around the fucking place. Like, old ladies have these things. Those, like... Porcelain dolls, Porcelain maybe? Porcelain dolls freak yeah, me out, Yeah, that's, man. dude, they are creepy. They are hey. creepy. Ooh. Yeah, I used to be afraid of, like, everything when I was a kid. Like, I was to the point, like, it was bad. <laughs> Aren't you it afraid was... of plants? <laughs> I, 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 well, plants creep me out. Like, live plants that will, like, strangle you. Like, what? That's really like, creepy. Yeah. What are those yeah. stupid things that eat the flies? <laughs> the Venus like, No, I'm not like that. Like, I had, I think I had watched, like, a... The Rose Red by Stephen King. I was thinking uh, of uh, a Little Shop of like, Horrors. Yeah, something like that. What about the uh, <laughs> Sarlacc? The... <laughs> <laughs> but when I was a kid, I was afraid of everything to the point where I could not go outside on Halloween because just seeing people in masks would make me cry. I would just wow. cry. I was bad. And I also would do things like uh, whenever my parents would rent a horror movie, like I remember them renting Nightmare on Elm Street. I would lock myself in my closet and just cry. Like, uh, that's how bad it was. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, too, I, I think I mentioned it last time with Bleeding Critic, because I think he asked us last time if anything. I remember as a kid once, I stayed up, like, all night. Like, I woke up maybe middle of the night, but I stayed up the rest. I, it looked like a demon on my fucking wall. It ended up, as soon as the sun came up, it was a shadow from maybe a toy or something. Like, it was, yeah, I think a toy or a trophy. A trophy, because I was always a fucking winner. I just got mad trophies <laughs> for shit. Yeah, Did you ever get a trophy, Slim? For crying in the closet? No, for crying in the closet. Yeah, I had a few, I, few of those. Shit. No, did you ever? Oh, man. Did you ever uh, were in, like, probably, Little League? I was, yeah, like, was, I was never good stupid. at sports. I didn't, I didn't do any sports. So I was I never that good, yeah, man. I I, like, that's what makes you realize, like, point. which I think the problem now with, like, everybody's a winner, like, yep. I mean, we yeah. still got participation trophies, but no, I sucked. I yeah. learned I sucked in sports. I never got any trophies. And so, oh, man, you you are going to get one on our show. You're going to have intern of the year. Maybe two years from now, maybe yeah, you'll earn maybe. that. I don't know. We'll see. Well, I'm working hard for it. <laughs> <laughs> I put on a puppet show once for what? special kids. See me with the fish. I don't know if you can see it. The special kid? For the special is that kids. a special kid in the picture? <laughs> no, that's me. Oh. <laughs> I guess you I really do look kid. like a special <laughs> So wait, where's the puppets? Do you still have the puppets? No, no, I don't. We did some kind of like I guess that's a fish I'm holding, and I remember doing like a Kermit the Frog kind of voice. Where like, is that? Love Where it. can everybody I don't, find it? I don't this? know. I'm hoping. <laughs> I have to like maybe I can. Is it on YouTube? Somebody. 
Nah, this it's is like video before footage. the there was this was way before the YouTube days. Mm. But, and, um, yeah. What is it? The the, the cabbage That's patch cool. thing, though. <laughs> <laughs> back to that. Back to the cabbage patch kids. My sister. Dude, it was so creepy. They came with birth certificates. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. So what did she do? My sister had this one that she got from a garage sale. And I think, like, this is kind of what scared me. they brought it back a few yeah. years ago. Yep. The fucking thing's head popped out. And instead, it just popped off. And instead of, like, being regular, like, stuffing in there, it was what looked like, like a fucking rat's nest or something coming out of it. Wow. And it just fucking freaked me out. I never... These things never sat right with me after wow. that. Wow. <laughs> well, Dark Moon. Check it out. Dark Moon at Dark Moon Comic on Twitter. They just tweeted or retweeted us. I guess they're checking us out tonight. Cool. And I mentioned him last week. And I did I do want to make a follow up interview with him. Such a good dude. Mm-hmm. And the the graphic what was it, graphic novel? Like animated. Was, was he doing a motion? Like, so he was good. doing a motion so comic. Yes. Yeah. The music was really. Great. I never went I back. And, yes, he makes yeah. the music. So Thematic. Aliens that just start yeah. like eating everything, right? Yeah, and they're they're like they they land on a moon and they're trying to uh, investigate, see if it's safe, and then all these aliens and stuff. Yeah. It's it's a great a great fucking series, and I didn't ever go back to check out more, but I de- I have to, and I I have been meaning to uh to set up another interview with him. He's awesome. Uh, what are you looking at, Slim? The time. Why? What know. time is it? Big it is six fifty. Oh. oh, big bad noise. Oh no, I was just thinking of some stupid asshole on the bus the other night. This old bitch, I wouldn't shut up. And this guy, I guess, that always gets on the bus. I forget what he asked the bus driver. The bus driver was talking about him after he got off. Like, yeah. what he said every time. He always said something stupid, like. Whatever he, whatever the word was, and then this old bitch was like, "Oh, I'd call him that. I'd be like, how you doing? What, like, whatever that word was. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, this old bitch on the bus. It was like one in the fucking morning. I just wanted to like catch a, a few minutes to nod off, and this fucking old cunt wouldn't shut up. Holy shit! Like <laughs> the whole, the whole stupid AC bus stop is just the yeah. fact that I'm in Philly. An hour before, and I feel safer than Atlantic City is fucking it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, Philly's it's a big true, city. Though, yeah. Like, and then I, I get to fucking AC, and there's this like this scumbag looking <laughs> junkie like rifling through the garbage, yeah. like for I think cigarettes, because then he went after like a little cigarette butt on the ground. Like, what the fuck? And then yeah. this black dude was and nothing with race, but this dude was drunk out of his fucking mind. Yep. Tried to get on the bus with a fucking like Pepsi bottle full of beer. Obviously, they, I guess they told him he couldn't have it on there. He gets off the bus and he's just like cursing and screaming at the wall there's nobody in front of him and then he just slams the thing in the garbage the beer like splashes everywhere and then gets on the bus and same with when I got on the that was a different bus I was waiting for my bus and then I get on that one and this dude real quick comes on oh uh, fucking blah 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 bus pass and he tries to just run past the bus driver and she's like wait come back here I didn't see that and it was like I don't know what he was trying to show her. There's always, like, degenerates on those. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say. I've, I've, I've took that trip several times, and mm. every time there's either well, like, a drunk Philly, or... I mean, yeah, there's... Philly's fine, There might be like uh, some urban-looking people in the back, but uh, yeah. there's businessmen, there's nobody bothering you, nobody... But yeah, AC, everybody can just get a cigarette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, shut the fuck or up, that fucking, The guy that thought I was a friggin', like, pig and motorcycle guy just because oh I had a jean. Oh, yeah, that, that dude. I, was, I figured as soon as I got there, I'm like, yo, oh. there's going to be some characters here because of that that time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> holy shit. I just didn't know, like, I, I figured from that, like, that's one of the main depots or whatever for yeah, the buses. Yeah. And I figured that one would be on the fucking hour, but I had to wait almost two hours for that fucking bus. 
What got there? <laughs> Fucking stupid. Department of Transportation. Oh, dude. Thing. And, like, the thing was, because I took, I caught um, a train from Philly to uh, to AC, which was uh, fucking whatever, Jersey Transit 2. And I got there, and I was like, you know, could you just tell me where the, is, is the buses, where, did they leave out of here, or is there a separate station? And the guy was like, yeah, you would think they would put them all together, but they don't. And he just yeah, no, he told me how to get there. It's like three blocks away. Like, yeah, why wouldn't they have it either, not only, you know, maybe not in the building, but right next to it. Why wouldn't they have that there? Like, it's kind of confusing. <laughs> yeah. So Stupid, stupid. Incompetence, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking incompetence. Yeah, who we got tonight? We got Brian Kane. We got Joe Filipponi. We got Isaac Thorne, Elroy Aiken, Peter Mayhit, and uh, Ben Randall from In the Weeds. Awesome. It, good fucking show. Yes. That is a great lineup. All friends of ours. Not your friends. Not my they friends. I always say yeah. I wish to hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never disagree. I've, of, according to other shows, Slambo is the only good thing he's about He's the only show. good thing about our show. <laughs> he knows how to ask a question. He, he's the perfect. Yeah. We're just, he's carrying us. I'm, uh, he's good I'm, at commercials, though. I played that uh, shit for my buddy Jeremy, and he's like, oh, that's that's amazing. I'm like, I, I know. I played it for our mutual friend, uh, Hollywood Christian Vogel. And he said oh, he's when's got he it. coming back? I don't know. But he had said, like, yeah, I, I think Slambo needs to start doing commercials professionally. No, not for anybody else. <laughs> He's not allowed to do any work for anybody else. All right? We're keeping him. Nobody's stealing him. Nobody's dividing and conquering us. Whatever, Jake in the Round Table Fat Men or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Jake back, in the Round Table Fat Backyard, Man. Backyard Reviews, whatever the fuck. I don't even know what that show was. The oh, other, my God. The other show. And then, yeah, the other gents. That... <laughs> I they just, love us. <laughs> I love that if you on YouTube is who's the guy we had on uh, Low Watt Living. Remember that yeah. guy? He had our interview with him. Like there's people they always ask you know if they could put our they, these assholes they never asked if they yeah. could put our interview on their shit. Which I don't care either way. You're getting our name out there. But that guy Harlan, he asked me. He's like, can I put your Jay Bidwell? Same thing. Asked me. Yeah. Everyone else asked me. Brian Kane Jackson, who's on in a few fucking minutes. They always ask me, and I'm like, yeah, go, yeah, of course. These fuckers never ask me. And I just love that the low-out living guys is more popular than theirs <laughs> on amazing. YouTube when you look us up. No, man. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll, we be, will back be back with Brian Kane. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm saying, like, they didn't even fucking ask those scumbags, and their shit's not as popular. It's not just any day. It's Mr. Throwback Thursday. Hey, this is Jamie. And this is Bill, and we are the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast. Do you remember when the wheels were steel and the beats were real? We do, and we talk about it every Thursday. You can check out Woo News, One and Done, Record of the Week, and a whole lot more. That's Mr. Throwback Thursday, keeping it classic on iTunes, Stitcher, and at HighVoltageRadio.com. And always remember, new school stale, old school fresh. Robin Slim Show. Robin Slim Show. Hey, it's Brian. Brian, how you What's doing? What's going on, so Brian? Do you have my notebook? 
Pretty good. How about Dude, you? I don't have your notebook. Your notebook Somebody just does. went missing. You probably did, asshole. How did it get there? Yeah, you did after I seen that. Oh, my bad. <laughs> what a jerk he is, Brian. He's trying to sabotage our interview with my notebook with all my questions. And he stole my Gacy painting, too. <laughs> hey, we can wing it. We did last time, didn't we? <laughs> it seems like it, but I actually do prepare. Like, that's the magic of the Robin Slim show. Really? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's I just broke down the third wall for you guys. <laughs> Brian, how have you been, dude? Did you rebrand your show? Yes, yes, yes. In fact, it was supposed to be out yesterday, but we went ahead and added some last-minute stuff because Trump is just gold, literally. He is, yes. yes. <laughs> I love that you said on Twitter that his color is from the rust. <laughs> <laughs> the rust on the barnacle. The rust of the barnacles on that whatever boat he is a boat actually. he's pretty huge i love the so purplish pinkish hue it, of his skin is he really big or is he just wearing body armor i always say this because this guy, is that guy i i think i think melania doesn't let him sleep in bed anymore because look at his diet look at his size and his power he must let out some really like ridiculous like we we wouldn't even need the acid for his part. <laughs> I I have heard that he'll eat like Big Macs on like golden plates and stuff. So uh, his diet isn't perfect. Remember Clinton though? He used to go for a jog and he, then stop at he McDonald's. Chris, Chris. <laughs> what were you saying, Brian? No. A jog? Is yeah. that when the earth shook? Yes, Clinton when he used to go for a what? jog. Clinton. Yeah, he'd stop Bill. He makes. Chris Christie going fetches fast food. <laughs> I don't know. Chris Christie has his own gravitation. <laughs> Chris Christie going fetches fast food. <laughs> <laughs> That's that what he is on the tour. He's, he's the food fetcher. Go. Make sure my french fries are well done. Okay, make sure they are terrific. The best. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Chris Christie. Can you was believe like, this guy made it this far? I can't, dude. Is this, I, are we gonna wake up from a fucking bad dream? I love how the party though acts all shocked now. You know the Republicans are asking him to step down, but they he never hid what kind of a scumbag he was. Like I I, I don't get it. I also think some of the things are a little too like like the grabber by the pussy thing, like whatever. You didn't even let them do oppo research on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do take things like it's just I don't know. You really just gotta pick or choose your scumbag. You man. have to be very careful <laughs> well, too. You know, though. Everything is everything is timed. Let's yeah. Let's let's not deny it. They saved it. They they definitely saved some stuff. They knew, you know, it's, what he was up to. Tonight. I think I do agree. Everything is timed, but you know what? Even though it's timed, I definitely don't question the legitimacy. Mm. Brian, did you have Jesse Jackson on your show? They're like, this is real, but I'm going to wait for October. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because on Halloween, everybody will be able to see their, say they're a Trump victim for Halloween. No risk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesse Jackson is going to be making some comments about the election. Uh, oh wow! Yes, yes. cool. Uh, not too much. Not too much talk about Trump. Mm. Not too much talk about Trump. I'm really surprised. Wow! Yeah, I, I would think. Be, you know, I mean, you don't have to far to look or talk about Trump. 
<laughs> on MSNC. How did you get him, and how was it talking to him? You know, to be honest with you, I think when I was actually on the phone with him, I was so in awe of the fact that I was on the phone with him that I didn't completely react to some of the powerful things that he was saying. And when I played that conversation later, I'm like, oh, how did I not react to that? He must think I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Is there a <laughs> so wireless? He was saying some really uh, powerful things. Mm. And um, you know, he was talking about, uh, he talked about a little bit about Black Lives Matter. He talked about President Obama's uh, legacy. He talked about the trust issues that Hillary has with millennials and um, and black voters. Uh, but, you know, I mean, that's changed just in the last three weeks. I talked to him earlier this month. Wow. So, okay. I mean, I mean, it's not even relevant. She's really made a lot of headway, and Donald Trump has helped her out just by being Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't even had to do anything. He's just had to be himself to push people <laughs> over to the modern-day female Richard Nixon. Oh, <laughs> What's crazy about it is that there is this guy who has predicted, like, all the elections, yeah. and he was like, oh, Trump is going to... Trump is going to win. So if Trump doesn't win, this is going to be the first time that this guy is wrong yeah. since like 85. Now, now listen, I, I, I will tell you, I will tell you exactly, and, and this is completely serious. You know, I don't know how I can make a joke out of it. Maybe I can on, the, on, on a whim. But in 33 states right now, uh, 33 Republican-controlled states, there are vote, voter ID laws in place that are designed to target with specificity, you know, uh, black and minority votes. So basically by eliminating Sunday voting, which is traditional and Southern and, you know, lots of states throughout the Midwest, the Bible Belt, the Rust Belt, the South, uh, would be sold to the polls. And you'd have lots of uh, predominantly black churches getting on buses, going to the polls to vote. A lot of these states have eliminated Sunday votes. They've eliminated mail-in ballots. They've eliminated early voting. They've closed uh, massive amounts of polling stations. And what this does is this affects blacks and minorities, and it suppresses the Democratic vote and makes the minority vote, which is the Republican vote, the majority. Wow. And so this Why has been going that? on since the Voting Rights Act. You know, it's, uh, it's designed because when they saw in Philadelphia that, that in 2012, 2012 Senate and presidential elections, you had a 97% Democratic vote. So they thought that was rigged because 97% is the typical number that a lot of your dictatorship countries, you know, a lot of countries like Russia, they <laughs> Vladimir Putin and guys like that win by these 97% versus 3% ratios. Mm. So they thought there was just no way that predominantly black communities could come out and vote in 97%. So they thought that it was stolen and immediately after started passing legislature to make it more difficult for, you know, particular groups of people to vote. But the backfire is, is that it doesn't just affect blacks and minorities. It affects um, also whites who are suffering the same uh, socioeconomic uh, distresses that blacks and minorities have been suffering for decades. So it, it, it ends up some people have to drive 200 miles to vote and wait four and five hours in line in the sun or in the rain. I would never. You know, to no. be able to cast their ballots. 
So uh, it's really a serious threat to our democracy. And um, I think the difference with in plain English is that uh, we look at that through a humorous lens. I'm very inspired and moved by how John Oliver looks at things. And, <laughs> I um, did. I love his, <laughs> his original. Him or seen him, but, his original uh, uh, clip it's on just, Trump. It's, I think there's an opportunity here to let people know what's going on and uh, and have fun in the process. Mm, yes, right. he is, he's great, John Oliver. Yeah, no, he's awesome. He's awesome, and uh, it's he educates us in the same in the same. In the same token. Yes, yes. Yeah, Are... and in, in an age where we don't have John Stewart, but we have Stephen Colbert, but we don't have Stephen Colbert. <laughs> I know! What is that? You know, don't get me wrong, because I, I love Stephen Colbert's Late Show. It's, I think it's a step up from David Letterman in mm. some respects. Yeah. Because yeah. Dave, Dave, let's face it, Dave kind of phoned it in. He was tired of doing it. He, he was collecting a $30 million a year salary. He was done. Who is this man? He's like, yeah, I'll retire. That, that guy that looks like Palpatine. The yogurt oh, guy. Oh, no, 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 I thought this oh, was the yogurt guy. Oh, the yogurt guy. Yes, oh, that's Schumer, Chuck Schumer. Yeah, it's Schumer, it's a Chuck Could Schumer. Could you just imagine, though, the daily uh, just routine of... Wait, Brian, are you there? there? What about Chuck Schumer? Oh, we were watching some Chuck Schumer videos earlier, and and uh, our intern Pete drew a Chuck I'm Schumer here. mask. Can you hear me? Can you, ask, can you hear me? Can you hear us? Hello, Brian. Hello? Brian. Is Skype just being shit? Maybe just Skype. disconnected. I'll, I'll message him to call back. He's still online. Yeah, yeah. I can hear you. Oh, oh cool, cool, cool. Yeah, oh, yeah Skype's being weird, dude. But we have a Chuck Schumer Hello? mask that uh, our intern made for <laughs> Slim. <laughs> and he's wearing it right now. Hey, can you hear me? Oh. Oh, man. I, I, um, I guess just end the call, Slim. Uh, yeah, Skype. Call. Skype, God damn it. Uh, All right. Try calling back. Just call him back. Instantly. Yeah. Try that. Otherwise, we may have to close and reopen it. Brian. Hello? Brian. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, dude. Can you hear us? Hey, can you? Is there is there like a delay in my audio? It shouldn't be. Mm, well, are you you're listening to uh, us on the phone, right? I Yeah, I can hear you fine. There's a oh, weird okay. like Yeah. You know, still, you hear that? Yeah, I don't know why. There might be some sort of a delay. That's just weird. That's really weird. I don't know. It's the government. They don't. It is. They're tapping yeah, us. Yeah, like talking strange. about them. Can you do me a favor? Can you? Can you do me a favor, you guys? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna give you a number to call. Okay. Call me on it. Okay. All right. Message it. Seven zero seven. Okay. Okay, I'll message it to you. Yeah, Thanks. definitely do that. Cool, dude. All right. All right, yeah. Yeah, I actually started hearing an echo, too, at some point, so I, I don't know. Oh, I didn't know but, if you opened, like, uh, something else or something. No, I, I didn't. Don't know. 
I don't know. The bleeding critic call was fine, so it yeah. might be something on, Sometimes on Brian's Sometimes I remember, to, uh, like, it would be okay um, through Skype, which is what we talked on bleeding critic. Uh, we Skyped him, but if a regular call came through, it wasn't okay. Right. I, I got it. Uh, yeah, I guess write it down and I'll uh, I'll throw it in there. Let me bring up the keypad here. Okay. All right. Why is the cat sleeping with... What is he sleeping with? He's he's clutching his bills. He's got bills? He's got to pay bills. He needs the skills to pay the bills. He does. He's a professional rat catcher. Hello? Brian. Hey. How's it going? Are we... Are we... We're whole. Okay, great. Sorry nice. about that. I don't know what's going on. I don't either, dude. That's <laughs> really weird. Like I said, though, um, the last guest we talked to was actually through a Skype, through, through Skype. And sometimes when you use a phone number after that, it, it'll act all stupid. So it could have been that. Computers, technology, yeah. they'll eventually murder us all. Yeah. Are you ready for Halloween? Do you have any plans for that, Bri? You know, um, I've been invited to a couple of parties, but I'm not sure if I'm going to go. I don't know who I'm going to be. I don't know what I'm going to be. You know, the interesting thing about me as a black man, as my particular black power, can have me passed effectively for a overly cooked Donald Trump. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would be great to see. <laughs> you know, and I could go out there and I could say, hey, look. I just love the blacks. I am one. You just didn't know it because I put all kinds of crap on that. <laughs> That's, right. You know, that might be Let's it. Let's make America great again. <laughs> <laughs> Does anything besides him being president scare you? Uh, no, really. I'm actually, I feel I would be better prepared for a, a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> 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 At least I would stand a chance because walkers aren't racist. They're just idiots. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, just, I mean, look, look, the typical average, not all, because there are some, and I, and I can't believe I'm hearing myself say this, but there are some educated Donald Trump supporters out there who look at his proposed, quote unquote, proposed business, uh, you know, proposals to, to make things easier for small business owners in the United States, which if he actually were able to do them would be fantastic for them. But that's nothing to speak of the other disasters that would happen in the country. And I got to tell you, your corner store is not going to do well if everything around you is in flames. Mm, so, that's a good point. You know, yeah. but it's just, uh, the thing is, is I, I feel like um, really, if you're able to look at it from the perspective of those supporters, you know, I can see they, you know, they're thinking of their business. They want to be able to thrive, but the typical average supporter is just populist. It's like, yeah, build that wall, drop that bitch. You know, all these stupid, 
sayings that have popped up on hats and T-shirts. And, and I mean, these, these people have the sophistication of Bender the Robot from Futurama <laughs> if he were built by the same engineers who built the Ford Pinto. Dude, his hat looks so cheesy. I, every time I see him wearing his hat, I yeah. laugh because it just looks like it was oh, made yeah. in China. It's, it's, it's one of those like trucker hats. It is. Yeah. It's such a crappy yeah. looking hat. Like, I... well, so I got a question for you though. But like, uh, like our intern, uh, the Lamborghini here, he's voting for Trump because yeah. he thinks Hillary is just the devil. I... Yeah, I, oh. I think she is like. I, I just don't like the fact that she's poking the bear, man. She's the she's Russia like, fucking with Russia. Yeah, yeah. Putin's a. Don't get me wrong, Putin's no angel, but I, I just don't think that we should be starting... But with that chest, he could have wings. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I just don't, I don't know. I, I just think, and she's so corrupt, too. I, I just, the, fe- the whole Benghazi thing gets me about her. I don't know, I just think that anyone else but her. I, at this point, I would vote for Satan himself. Before I do, <laughs> I, I really hey, would. Hey, you may have to. Yeah, you I, may I, have I, to I mean, you're right. Yeah. You know what? To be honest with you, I, be, I believe that Satan has his hand in both campaigns. <laughs> I think he's I controlling things because Jesus has gone to the Caribbean for the winter. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a win-win for and Satan. So, yeah, yeah, Satan for president. So I saw, you, um, you might as well as vote for Satan. Like it's... One of my friends on Facebook, <laughs> I posted um how preachers are trying to get behind Trump. Saying, yeah, God God can even place bad people in office. Like, so, yeah, that's, God's going to put, like, don't that's just gonna God like, into this. Like, yeah, don't, don't ever. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I hate that okay, let's say, let's, let's argue for a minute that Trump had uh, fitness for the presidency somewhere remotely in the 90 percentile which we all know that he doesn't. And it's safe to say that much of the many of the people who vote for him vote for him because they oppose Hillary so grotesquely. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I mean, I, I think it's safe saying that. And, you know, I think many, and I can speak for myself personally in saying that I'm in the group of people that vote for Hillary that oppose Trump, you know, but mm. uh, because there's really no excitement about either of these candidates. I mean, I would say that he has a greater excitement because of the fact that he's an entertainer and he represents something different, something that's other than the norm, for whereas she is just, she's the same thing we've had for the last 30, 40, 50, well, 60 years, yeah. only in a female body. Mm-hmm. She's right. definitely, yeah, well, it's like you, you know, so. said earlier, she's the... She's the uh, female Democratic version of Nixon. <laughs> she is very much, she's, she is, you know, yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard the political terminology, tricky dicky, mm-hmm. but she is, she is, she epitomizes tricky dicky. Now, uh, I got to tell you, um, I, I have to tell you, though, I rather enjoyed the third debate because it was the first time I ever saw him get bullied. Oh, I didn't see that one. I saw a few minutes of the second one. She really, she really like schoolyard bullied him. Wow. And it was just, it was absolutely, it was pretty amazing because, you know, normally he's bullying everybody else. And as much as I hate him, I got to tell you, during those Republican candidates, I enjoyed watching him raggedy and all of those motherfuckers you know <laughs> i mean yeah, well, he basically... i loved what he did to jeb i loved his shit with jeb <laughs> oh my god that was I'm, amazing i'm thinking can you just imagine jeb in therapy right now 
<laughs> well, it was it was Ted either... is in therapy. <laughs> what about Cruz? Oh my God! Is either going to oh be? Oh my God! Well, Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is not in therapy. Ted Cruz is actually in league with Satan himself. <laughs> he is. Wow. He was a Zodiac. No killer. matter who he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no matter who wins or loses. Ted Cruz still wins. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Cruz. Dude, he, you know what he looks like? Ever seen that old show, The Monsters, The Grandpa? Yeah. He looks like Grandpa Monster. He looks like Al Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> he seriously looks like that guy. <laughs> oh, my God. And just about every other 1950s de- detective cop yeah. on... Uh, you know, on a TV show or movie, because <laughs> because you know they talk they talk in this manner where their upper lip don't move and only their bottom lip does. See, yeah, you see, only the facts, ma'am. <laughs> That's exactly what he looks like, and he has that same you know doo-wop hairdo. You know, like he's like he would be with Donald Trump if he had a racist quartet called the Donald Trump and the Racist Comb-Over Quartet. <laughs> he's Ted Cruz. Like, there's something about him that just creeps me out. There's, was he Canadian? There's just something not right about him. Was he Canadian in the first place? Like, that's where <laughs> That's wrong. the problem. I, thought, I really place. thought you hey. had to be American to be president. To your, yeah. to your point, though, Stephen King said during the primary, Stephen King went on the record and said that Ted Cruz was the creepiest uh, presidential candidate he'd ever seen. Wow. And she creeps him out. Dude, that, that's like an honor. King. Dude, he yeah. has that's, yeah. he has pointed ears, dude. Like, look look at his fucking ears. They, they come to a point. It's like Nosferatu or something like that. <laughs> I think, you know what I think? You know what I think happened? I think Gollum... I think Gollum made it with a shapeshifter, and that's Ted Cruz. <laughs> oh, man. Okay? That's what I think happened. That's nice. just, I'm going on the record mm. right now, let it be known, this day, October 26th, after <laughs> I've had a significant number of vodka shots with friends, <laughs> that Gollum <laughs> and a shapeshifter from the Great Lake <laughs> on Deep Space Nine... <laughs> oh God! Yeah, the uh... <laughs> all right. The Just so that we make it clear what a shapeshifter is here. All right, for the you non-Star Trekian people who are not connected to the vibes of the Earth, the Dominion, or who people who don't smoke pot. <laughs> um, I am both of those, so I guess. <laughs> yeah, we got a counselor. <laughs> he's got. He's pro- He's got like an army of Jem Hadar. Ready for when he becomes president? <laughs> I, I don't... Brian, speaking of uh, Star Trek, did you see our They're interview? Did you hear our interview with uh, Stephen Manley? I, you know what? I think I got the link, but I still haven't checked to, to, to kind of look at it. But oh. Stephen Manning, if I remember Manley, if I remember, he's didn't he appear in the Star Trek the motion picture? Yes, in the third one, he was young Spock. He oh. was a really good interview. Young. Oh, wow. Well, I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, dude. I'm going to have to check that out. They space out a lot on social media. <laughs> I, do I get the on same. there and I insult Trump and then I go back into hibernation. <laughs> <laughs> I do the same thing. People send me stuff. I'm like, eh, I don't have time. 
Who do you like to insult? Who do you like to clown on? I'm I'm, I'm going to start clowning on Justin Bieber again. Oh yeah. yeah, I feel that that's gone away with the election. I think we need to bring that back. Yeah, he's, he's we do, definitely. we do. Because listen, I, we need to think ahead. We love the president. The, president, the presidential right? candidates are thinking ahead about the country. We need to think about think ahead about who we're going to crap on. We're crapping on Trump and Clinton right now. We We've been distracted by uh, Corey Feldman lately. Have you yes. seen any of his? Oh answers? yeah, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> That's what? just a funny name now. <laughs> he's such a he's he is fucking he's funny. A very talented man. Uh, <laughs> what, so what? What's the intel on Corey? He's just been. He made this shitty album. He's been doing these shitty like performances on the Today Show, and they've just they've. <laughs> David, you got to see some of his dance moves. Oh, he thinks he's Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. He was talking, well, because the first one he did, he was doing oh. all these ridiculous dance moves. And oh, he my got God. torn apart for it. And then, like, but, what is it? Has it been, like, three weeks? Three weeks later, he goes on the stage show again. But, dude, and this time, he toned down the dance moves. Like yeah. Stiff, yeah. Not gonna dude, get his dance moves, time. they literally look like a stiff, arthritic 60-year-old man trying to pull Almost off, like, with, like <laughs> Michael uh, Jackson. A little epilepsy. See him there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, it was oh, a, man. It was fucking cool. incredible, man. Scream any louder what audience it's trying to get. Dude, they gotta be. They gotta be. It's gotta be a gag with them. They gotta be like, look what we can make this dummy do this week. Like, oh, it's gotta man. be. Well, you know, hey, I mean, we couldn't give we couldn't give Matt Lauer another colonoscopy on live television. So Why not? Feldman out of somebody's mothball. Yeah. He would have fell apart if he did. <laughs> Too many colonoscopies. Yeah. Got to give him a colonic. So did you? Did you? So did you hear about what what the uh, gender fluid pop sensation Justin Bieber has done late done lately? No, no do I tell. Know, I didn't even know he was in the news. Yeah, you know, apparently he whined. You know, this is something I addressed oh, wow, briefly that's... in my monologue of the show. He apparently he he got pissed off with his audience at a concert because. They kept making noise and they wouldn't let him talk. He says he started whining. He says sometimes I do feel like people don't hear me. Oh God! Uh, he the... pulled an and axle thinking, rose and, and he stormed off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> he stormed off the stage like Marsha Brady. Dude, that's oh, great way, way to make yourself Dude, hated least, more than you were right. right? At least <laughs> when like Axl Rose would do that, he'd make this big fucking scene and he'd yeah. just start fights yeah. with people in the audience, and then he would just leave. That's the cool way to do yeah. it. Though. Right? That's why you can't be like that guy's a pussy. You're like that guy's pissed, but like Justin Bieber is like, all right, he's a fucking pussy. Well, that's why I said he was gender fluid. He's not—he's not quite sure where he wants to be. Right? <laughs> no, he's not. Brian, we have to wrap this up, dude. But where can everybody find you and your new show? Uh, so, in plain English, we will have the link up very shortly within the next few hours on my Twitter, which is I am Brian Kane, B R Y A N C A I N, at Twitter, and that should be up in the next few hours. So, follow me. And as soon as it is ready, we will have it up and ready for people. And it uh, should be on iTunes by the end of the week. Uh, awesome, dude. Awesome. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Hey, and you'll have to drop by the show as well. Yes, we do need to make oh, an yeah. appearance. All right. All right. Have a good one, folks. You too, brother. Take care, Brian. All right, guys. We are going on a break, and we will be back with Joe Filippone.
Oh, awesome. Love Josh. So yeah! This is Slabagini himself telling you about Audible.com, baby! Do you want the best audiobook, radio and TV programs, and audio magazines and newspapers all at your fingertips? And do what I do, baby! Go to Audible.com. I don't care, baby. If you're not convinced, then download any audiobook for free. When you try Audible for 30 days and choose from over 180,000 titles, well, I'm dead serious! You'd have to be crazy not to check out all the titles Audible.com has to offer. From comedy like Dad is Fat by Jim Gaffigan, Norm McDonald's based on a true story, and Penn Jillette's Presto. Sports books like Joe Torres' The Yankee Years, The Undisputed Truth by Mike Tyson, and NFL Confidential by Johnny Anonymous. Oh, for you music nuts out there, there's Heavier Than Heaven, a biography of Kurt Cobain, Ozzy Osbourne's I Am Ozzy, and Allison Chain's The Untold Story. And for the pickiest readers, there's Slambo's Picks, baby, The History of Mongolian Queens, White Trash, The 400 Year, Untold History, and 50 Explicit Erotica Stories. Audible.com, baby! Go to audible.com and get ready to listen to all the hottest titles on your device. Take it from me, the Slambagini, baby. And I never even knew how to read. Audible taught me. Yeah! Robin Slim Show. Hey, guys. How you doing? What's going on, Joe? Joe. Hey, just give us a, a couple seconds. We're just sitting down, getting back from break. Cool, cool. Cool. Sounds good. How are right. you, Joe? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? Very good. Very good. We are. It's cold out, dude. It went from like I think 90 degrees last week to like 20, 30 degrees. Like I feel like buildings Jesus are gonna collapse. <laughs> I was surprised. It's like I do not. I do not miss that cold. I don't miss that cold. Like <laughs> yeah. it's starting to get like cold, like LA cold here. You know, like in the 60s and and 50s. And I'm already like freezing like i'm going out I'm, I'm like jesus i have to go and like dig out my leather coat and the winter coat that i spent too much at when i bought it at the gap last year dude I, it's crazy yeah, we like, didn't even have like a hoodie weather at all for no like, i think it's gonna get there this weekend but yeah right now it's mm -hmm. like there was frost there's like end of november weather yeah. we're having. that's what i think it's the complete opposite yeah. of last year last year in jersey we were hot until like oh. on christmas christmas i had to had turn air on the air conditioner on. Yeah. yes christmas yeah, was in the 80s joe and like really muggy i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy and then it's you know this is just to me i want to just say like you know with this weather this is a big fuck you to people who say like that there's no climate change and the weather's not changing and everything i'm like do you even go outside right. do you have any concept of weather or changing degrees or right. what a temperature is the the season changes they're just whacked anymore the, the, yeah the sun like a lot of times determines that shit. When too, is that like, thing gonna hit us? I remember in like elementary solar school, flare, man. they like, said we're gonna <laughs> we're getting like an inch closer to the sun every year, and we're <laughs> yeah. just gonna burn up. Oh sometime. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when is that happening? And then it's supposed to like swell up and like swallow. When does it turn to a dwarf too? Don't they go to like a red giant yeah, and then like a collapse. white dwarf? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Joe, have you been doing a lot of acting lately? I saw. You, did you have a lot of like um, auditions lately? Yeah, yeah, I've been doing um, a lot of auditions and just, you know, trying to do all the business side of it and then all the admin stuff, you know, just sending out my materials to casting directors and directors and, and all of that stuff, just trying to 
find jobs and all that stuff. And I just took some new headshots, so and they look really well, really, really well, and really good. So I'm excited. I to, saw them. I think I used one. Those. I think I used one of your headshots in, in the yeah. You did. You did. I love cool. that. Thank you so much. Yeah, the, the photographer's name is Sheldon Botler. There's some of the best headshots that I've ever taken. I was like, I was so happy. I'm like, wow, you finally captured who I am and who I'm and what I'm trying to sell to this crazy business. Nice. <laughs> we were talking to an actor, he's uh, an actor and a comedian a few weeks ago. And we were just talking about the headshot scam. Like, mm -hmm. it's always like you go for an audition. It's like, yeah, you got to go to our guy. Who's <laughs> and even yeah, if you yeah, had yeah. old headshots, you can't use your oh, old no. headshots. You gotta even though the new ones good. look exactly the same, you <laughs> cannot use the old ones because they got their own yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, I always tell, you know, when I, because I sometimes go and I speak at, like, acting classes or, like, colleges or, or whatever, especially when I go back home to, like, Denver, you know, it's like they bring me in to speak to some of the acting classes and some of the teachers I know. And I'm always just like, you know, just, research everyone especially in this day and age i don't know how people can still be getting scammed in acting because it's like we have yelp we have facebook we have twitter we have google yeah it's like you can find dirt on you know everyone and i do that with everyone when i am looking for you know new representation or going in for you know a casting director or or have a meeting with the director even when i'm taking an acting class it's like the first thing i'm doing is like you know typing in the name and you know i'm always like you know so and so scam rip off you know it's like i search i try to find the dirt out on people mm. you know yeah you have to you have to nowadays <laughs> yeah. especially yeah. with something like that dude especially yeah. I always wondered if those, like, when you talk in front of students, do, do those things pay? Um, not really, but because it's like, I mean, I guess, you know, if I was, like, more of a name and more of a somebody, you know, it's like, I know my place in this world. I'm a nobody. Nah. I could probably, like, ask for <laughs> some money, but because I'm doing it at, like, you know, like, the college that I went to or doing right. it for friends I'm like yeah you know I'm in town I'll do it you know it's a nice way for me to like see my friends again and just like That's reconnect cool. and and all that stuff and I don't know maybe I'm wrong in in this way that I think but I've never been um kind of like run by money you know what I mean like yeah. money is not that important to me which is probably why I never have any but I never do cool, anything though. just for the money, and I never, mm. like, demand money. Like, I'm the stupid asshole that, like, if you know, if I do something for someone and they're, it's, like, really low budget, they'll, like, oh, you know, how much do you charge? How much do I have to pay you to be in my, you know, film or whatever? And I'm always, like, how much do you have in your budget to pay me? You yeah. know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got a question. My little sister, she's, she's kind of, like, wants to get into that whole field, like, acting, I guess, like, Broadway. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice mm -hmm. for that? Like what she should do? She's like, she's only 19. She's in, she's got taking classes for it right now, but. Yeah, I would say like, just study, study, get in with some, you know, good, reputable teachers, preferably teachers that are still working and that are mm. still auditioning. I unfortunately don't know. Um, I'm not connected with a lot of the acting teachers on the East coast. You know, if she was here in, in L.A., I could be like, yeah, go to this teacher, study here, do this or do that. Um, but I would say 
Oh my God, I don't, I don't even know what a good school in in the East Coast for for acting would be. But I would say just do her research and and you know talk to other actors about it. I'm probably going to get in trouble for this, but don't do acting in college because it's like generally the people who are teaching acting in college haven't worked in years and years and years. Yeah. So it's like they don't know what's going on in the business. They can't teach you what we need to do now in the business you know they're still teaching the techniques that it was you know 30 years ago Dude, and that's that it has yeah. changed i i went i, I had a uh a instructor in high school that had worked for nbc as well and then i went to college mm-hmm. for acting and it's like they're, everything they taught me was wrong compared to what she taught yeah. me and i'm like these guys they don't know what they're talking mm-hmm. about so you're saying yeah, that there's it's- there's acting teachers out here where they're famous like that you know all of their students are these poor kids who spent all this money to get a theater degree and the agents are sending them to certain acting teachers to unlearn all of the bad habits wow. and all of the bad college acting that they're doing. Wow. It's like managers, managers now that manage like a lot of the kids and the child actors, you know, they're telling the kids, they're telling the teenagers, telling the parents, like, if they're going to go to college, don't waste the money on the theater degree, get like a business degree. So they know how to treat this as a business and just wow. study with teachers that are still working you know it's like i mean thank god the teacher that i'm that i study with like she's still a working actress she's still rep going on on auditions you know she's been Mm. working for 40 years and she's done she's done it all she's done movies she's done broadway she's worked in london and canada like it's like jesus christ like that's the type of person you should be going for not someone who you know has like one thing on their resume and hasn't done anything in 30 years it's cool that they let you back in your school because i remember years a year or two ago we uh saw a story of Nicki minaj she tried to go back to her high school to speak and they wouldn't even let her they wouldn't even (laughs) let her that's because it's Nicki minaj in the bronx or something they're like we don't even want you you scumbag (laughs) oh my god that's amazing (laughs) she just looks like a bad <laughs> but but Joe, so you think the education, you, the type of education you get in acting, that really determines where you go with your career? Oh yeah, because if you're not trained, then you're you're not going to know how to do anything, you know. And it's like, I you need to know how to get the subtext of the line, you know, and how to you know, evaluate how to find the point of view, how to make positive choices, even when you're playing a bad guy. It's like, I remember I I was taking a class with uh, the casting director for Days of Our Lives years ago when I first came out here. And she said, she's like, you know, on Days of Our Lives on the soap operas, we don't cast bad guys and we don't have bad guys on the soap operas. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, yes, soap operas have bad guys. And then she went on to explain, she's like, we have good people who have made bad choices because uh-huh. that's more interesting to watch. And well, it's like, oh, well, okay, yeah, that's why we all like the villains and right. everything. In, in anime, good I noticed who that. have made bad choices. They always explain why the bad guy does what he does, it, and he's not yeah. really and, like you except like that. Except for like Dragon Ball Z, they just like straight <laughs> up the <through. Right>. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember uh, um, Full Metal Alchemist, like Scar, he was yeah. the biggest piece of garbage, but then mm-hmm. you saw his backstory and you felt bad for that guy like yeah yeah exactly it's like you know my teacher um gloria gifford she's always telling us when we're doing things in class she's always like where is the love where is the love and she's 
written a, a book. She's she's in the process of getting it published, and that's the name of her fucking acting book. Is <laughs> where, where is, is the love? love? And it's true. It's true, though. It's like we want to see. Because, you know, it's, it's, you know, Gloria always says, and it's true, you know, every scene between a man and a woman is a love scene. And I think you can even go further and say every scene between anyone is a love scene. Because that's more interesting, you know? I remember, too, when I was taught acting uh, with the improv. My teacher always yeah. said, uh, said, go, never disagree with anybody. It's always yes and. It's always yes and. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. And people aren't taught that. Or it's like, you know, I know so many people who... You know, they take one, you know, four week class at UCB and suddenly they're like, oh, I'm this great improv actor. I can do Mad TV. I can do Saturday Night Live. I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> you know, it takes you have to take more than just a month of classes, more than three months of classes. You know, you look at, you know, all these actors that are working and so many of them, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I studied for 10 years before I got yeah. my first audition or. You know, I had, you know, 20 years of rejection before I got my, my first big thing. And even, um, y you know, the, the, that wonderfully funny black woman from the new Ghostbusters, um, what's it, Leslie Jones? Leslie Jones. Is, yeah, it's like, you know, her, she struggled for like 20 years and her first major thing wasn't until her 40s. Wow. You know, but she kept working at it. She kept studying her craft and now look at her. Mm. Do you think it's also something you never stop studying, even when you do make it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, I know, like, I'm mentioning her a lot, but and I don't mean to sound like I'm name-dropping, but Gloria was in Milton Katselis' master class at the Beverly Hills Playhouse. And all of that, the master class was nothing but working actors. And she was in class with Doris Roberts from Everybody Loves Raymond. And Doris was in, this was while Doris was doing Everybody Loves Raymond and after she had won the Emmy. So if someone like Doris Roberts, who had this huge career, had done Broadway, Emmy winner, had done all these TV shows, if she's still in acting class, yeah, yeah your wow. ass better be in acting class too. Because it's like, you know, I think if you're in New York, if you're in L.A., if you're trying to do acting as a career, we're like the Olympians of our yeah. business. And if you look at all the Olympians that have gold medals, they're always coaching. They're always studying. They're always keeping their muscles sharp. And, you know, every studio, every film set has a teacher, has an acting coach there for the actors, yes. you know? And yes. I don't care who you are in the business. Everybody has a coach that they go to. Cool. That's yeah. like a whole nother layer, like something you never think. Like when you yeah, watch these I movies. never thought that too. Even like you see a, a, a seasoned uh, veteran of an actor, yeah, you I, just assume he's like he's really talented and he just yeah, does it. Like he's that got thing. it down. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's like they know they want to keep those skills sharp. They still want to compete. They well, still want to go to that level. And the best actors too are readers. Yeah, I think you know if you if you if you don't like to read, if you don't want to read you know you're a fool if you're going to try and get in this business because all of these books like you know that's all your subtext mm. so it's like if you if you want to be a leading man or a leading woman and do like a lot of romances i think you need to read romance books because all of those scenes when they're describing how they're looking how they're feeling all of that bullshit that's your subtext that's what makes it interesting that's what brings that scene to life Can speaking you of reading could you read us something joe <laughs> sure. And you I'll said something really bad. You said that um, Harvest Hell, it's not being uh, published anymore? 
Yeah, um, unfortunately, the publisher for Harvest Howl was one of the publishers that went um, out of business because no one reads anymore, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. um, but I have the rights back to it, and I've sent it off to a couple of other publishers I know, so it will be published again in nice. the future. I just don't know when because I want to continue the series because that was my original intention. That was supposed to be the first book in the series. Um, but I figure, <laughs> since it's almost Halloween, um, mm-hmm. my third novel that I wrote was actually a horror novel, and it's called In the Tarot because I'm really into that. I'm really into tarot cards, astrology, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this book is still available. It's available from a Rainstorm Press. You can get it on Amazon. It's in ebook it's in audiobook form and the actress who did the audiobook is so fucking amazing i got chills when i was listening to her i was like oh my god i wrote this this is so cool <laughs> and it's also available in print form if you're old-fashioned like to hold the book and you know i always say this on social media and people can contact me for the details but anyone who buys the print copy of it you know if you send it to me i'll sign it so cool. all that so and it's an easy book. I mean, it was my third book, so it's awful. Like, you know, every writer, you know, their first, like, ten books are bad. Ah. Um, <laughs> but it's fun. People seem to like it because it's fucked up. So this is, <laughs> this is a fucked up chapter. This is chapter nine. Um, okay, so here we go. Angie was in Jesse's arms. The two of them had just finished making love. It was everything Jesse had dreamed it would be. It was passionate and beautiful. His chest puffed out with pride when Angie told him after that he was better than Chase. Chase may be bigger than you, she said gently, rubbing her hands over Jesse's chest, but he doesn't know how to use it. I always had to fake it with him. Jesse merely shrugged his shoulders as if he heard this compliment all the time. I'm glad you decided to move in with me, Jesse said, kissing her forehead. I should have moved in with you when you first asked me. I never should have moved in with Chase. God, that was a mistake. I'm sorry. It's okay. You came to your senses. We can be together now. Forever, he promised gently as he stroked her soft red tendrils. Jess, there's one more thing I have to tell you. What, he asked. Angie opened her mouth, and a loud, shrill beeping emitted from her throat. Jessie stared at her in shock. Her mouth was moving, but instead of words, that incessant maddening beeping was the only thing that emitted from her. Angie became blurry, resembling a painting that had been submerged under water. Soon, he was shrouded in blackness. It felt like he was falling. His body rocked back and forth like the tilting deck of the Titanic. Soon, the blackness transformed to blurriness. The shrill beeping never missed a beat. Jesse blinked the sleep from his eyes and looked around the room. His alarm clock was loud in his ears. What the fuck, he thought, confused. The apartment was still and dark. The only light came from the moon. He looked at his alarm clock, midnight. Why was his alarm going off? Jesse silenced the alarm and laid back in the bed. He could still feel Angie in his arms, could still smell her. Closing his eyes, he turned on his side, stretched out his arms, and brushed the soft hair that was next to him. The soft hair that was next to him. Opening his eyes, Jesse screamed when he saw what was in bed with him. A powder white skeleton was lying next to him, head turned, staring at him. A deathly grin was painted on its face. Long red hair cascaded past its shoulders. Jesse's breathing was rapid. His stomach rose and fell heavily. Jesse didn't know what to do. Should he stay there? Run out of the apartment? Call for help? His chest was growing tighter and tighter, and it was getting harder to breathe. He felt pressure against the side of his skull, pushing against it harder and harder, wanting to crush it. My God, this is so bad. I feel so bad for your readers. 
<laughs> Sorry, we had the mics <laughs> muted. We did hear that the whole time, though. That was that was great. <laughs> so it's like two more paragraphs, and then I'll stop. Okay. Uh, awesome. What's going on? He thought, feeling the ice-cold sweat drench his body. First the dog, now this. Jesse's eyes grew large and nearly popped out of his head when the skeleton got up, rolled on top of him, and straddled him. The skeleton started laughing maniacally, high, shrill laugh that sent chills up and down Jesse's spine as it lustfully bounced up and down on him. Jesse let out a disgusted, shame-filled moan and was horrified to find that he was hard as steel. The skeleton's laughter turned to moans that sounded like a lion, guitar, and piano were being mangled in a wood chipper. Its hands moved over its body, throwing its head back. It screamed louder and louder. Jesse fought with all his might, but even though it was nothing but bones, the skeleton was surprisingly strong. The two struggled and rolled off the bed. Jesse landed with a grunt. His arm hit his dresser. His legs scraped against the bed. He was sure he had drawn blood. His briefs had slid off his hips, and his penis hit the skeleton's leg bone. The skeleton gripped his hard penis, and much to Jesse's horror, put it inside its pubic bone. The skeleton fucked him hard. Jesse screamed for help and tried to get away. But all he could do was lie back and cry as the skeleton raped him until his penis throbbed and he shot load after load of white cum inside the skeleton. What's happening to me, he thought, as the whole world turned to blackness. So there you go, a peek inside my fucked up mind. That's why I don't do drugs. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> 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 fucking skeleton rape. That, that's that's, that's fucking, new. That's, that's new. I've never heard that's... that before. <laughs> very, very amazing. You know, you know what's funny is you brought up the, uh, the, the character with the alarm clock in the dream. I've had full dreams that felt like they've last forever where I was trying to figure out where that beeping was coming oh, through. Yeah. That was the dream where I'd oh be like, is God, it the car? And Yeah, it's... Crazy man. You ever be having a dream and I haven't dreamt I don't even know in how long, but when the alarm goes off, you dream that it's happening in the dream. Like yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. TV or something. Because I used to have an yeah. alarm on my TV, so the TV would come on and I'd start dreaming that I was watching. It was just, it's weird. Like I was saying, I'll have mm. dreams where me and like my dream characters would be trying to figure out where the beeper was. It's like, is it, is it there? Is it the car? And, and you you go on this whole journey That's trying funny. to find the or, beeping. Or have you ever had the lame work dream where you're, you're at work and it's just a lame work day and then you wake up and you're like, fuck, now I have to go to work. And oh. it's just yes. depressing. No, yes. I never had those. Oh. What about when you were younger, right? Like still in high school and you were up all night mm -hmm. doing your homework. And I never you did go homework. to sleep. You go to sleep, <laughs> and then you're dreaming that you're still doing your homework, like up until like you got to get up, like. Or the yeah, nights yeah, yeah. too, where yeah. you just don't even know if you really slept. You ever have those yes. where you think yeah. you just laid in bed all night, like that's not yeah. slept? Those are weird. Uh, Joe, I actually have a question going back to the uh, the acting thing. I was wondering, for yeah. somebody who is studying acting, are there books that you would recommend that are like a must read for? Uh, actors yeah i think um everyone should read um michael shirtliff's book called um audition um i think everyone should read um milton katselis's book um acting class take a seat um let's see what else are good ones uh gordon hunt helen hunt's uh father wrote a book called how to audition and there's a great book it just came out um, it's by this guy named Kevin E. West, who's been a working actor for years and years and years. It's called The Seven Deadly Sins the Actor Overcomes. And I think that should be required for everyone in the business, whether they're just starting out or, you know, have been doing it for years and years and years. Um, cool. But those are like the, the main ones. 
that I think. Plus, I think just read, um, you know, the biographies and the autobiographies of everyone that's working or that, you know, has been working and just see what they did. And, you know, I, I just finished uh, Pam Greer's book. You know, she was Foxy Brown, and I just finished her autobiography. And I love it. She talks about still auditioning and putting in the work and, and doing all of that. And this was after she was famous and after she had done Foxy Brown and, and all of that. I'm reading Bruce Campbell's book now, If, if Chins Could Kill. And it's, it's fascinating. I love biographies on actors because you see the work never stops. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're always auditioning. You're always studying. You're always getting better and stronger and working on your craft. Nice. Joe, are you? Uh, I saw you're a big fan of horror movies. I wanted to ask you for Halloween. Yeah. What is your favorite uh, horror movie of all time? Jesus, I feel like I'm in fucking scream. Um, <laughs> <laughs> favorite horror movie of all time. Um, I think probably Friday the Thirteenth Part Two because that was the first like real horror movie that I saw, mm. and I don't know. I just love like the atmosphere of it. I love the the feel of it, the look, I love the characters um, of it. And I just, I love those 80s, you know, splasher, uh, splatter, splasher films. Yeah. Uh, like that. They were just so fun. You know, I look at those, I'm like, oh my God, that must have been so much fun to make, you know? Yeah, I agree, dude. I, I, I love uh, oh, the original uh, Halloween. That's yeah. that's uh, yeah. one of my favorites or anything from that, yeah, that yeah, time, yeah. like Friday the 13th. Yeah. Well, like my, my teacher, since, since you love Halloween, then you probably know my acting teacher, Gloria Gifford. She was in the original Halloween, too. She was Mrs. Alves, the, the blackhead nurse. Wow. The one, that's on the, the one that they find on the table with the blood, yeah. you know, dripping out of her and, and everything. And, oh, my God, like, yeah, there's a reason they didn't film Gloria's death scene because she is tough as nails. She would have put Michael Myers in his fucking place. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. Yeah. Nice, dude. Joe, we have to wrap this up, but thank you so much yeah, for yeah. talking to us, brother. What up? Um, thank where can you everybody guys. Find it's you? always a pleasure. Always. Uh, you can you can find me on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash official Joe Filipponi, Twitter and Instagram at Joe Filipponi. And I have a YouTube channel with clips of shit that I've done. Um, YouTube.com slash The Hip Hop Joe. Awesome. awesome. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, guys. I'll talk to you soon. We will. Have a good one, Later, Joe. dude. Bye. Flying. Yeah, that went by when you said it was time to wrap it up. I was I like, had, it is. And, and it's just like I said, I, I, that was one of my questions. Like, how? what's the name Hip Hop Joe from? That, I mean, in my uh, show prep, that was one of the questions I had, like, yeah, it went by real quick. And it was a great... I love interviews like that because there's a lot for, like, anybody who does want to get into acting. That's a that, lot of good information yeah, in I there. Talk to him every time, and I still have... Like, I, every time I talk to him, I have more questions I never got to. Yeah. Skeleton He's rape. We'll the skeleton rape was great. Yes. <laughs> All right. We'll be back with Isaac Torn. It's probably one of the most hilarious but terrifying things yeah, at yeah. the same time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll be back. <laughs> Hey, this is Spencer Scott Holmes and Ryan Dunnigan telling you to come listen to our show, Old Man Orange Podcast. Yay! A show full of freedom. Say, assistant, you, you gotta tell you something, you know. I mean, I, me and you are good friends, you know. I've probably been a little bit of a bully this whole time, you know. Not, not in a mean way, you know, but you know. I, I'm not gonna lie, you're a little easy to peer pressure into doing things you don't want to do. <laughs> 
We also talk about video games. If we made a Dr. Mario movie, you could at least make it like a Mario Brothers medical drama. Luigi doesn't know. He's like, well, he's wondering why Daisy isn't talking to him anymore. Luigi, you're out every night. You're driving that ambulance all day long. There's no time for love. <laughs> he's like, why can't you be more like your brother? He actually has a PhD. That ambulance, oh, it's always comes back to Mario, doesn't it? Why, why don't you go fuck Mario if that's the one you want? It's <laughs> just is very... I hate to break it to you, but that's what I am doing. We talk funny life stories. It was like, I go to the Heart Rock, which is a little, like, Christian uh, restaurant. And they don't put that in the fucking outside, though. They really should. You don't realize that until you're inside. You're like, okay. And you look left, and you look right, and you're like... Fox News is on the... And then you look at the cross, you're like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck! And you I'm already in here, I'm already in here, what do I do? Yeah. No. Fucking jump through the window, like, there's a perfectly good door there. I panicked. I'm sorry, it's just gonna happen. We also talk movies. Could Mickey Rourke could have been right there, too. Spinbull's 3. What's well, got a it? shitty fucking tattoo. He put a big dick on my back. <laughs> Look at it! Look at it. It's just like a big fucking veiny cock blowing a load in the back of his head. <laughs> Come on by to oldmanorange.com where we got not only podcasts, but cartoons, videos, and more. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Potomatic, Zune, and even YouTube. And laugh and learn with Spencer Scott Holmes and Ryan Dunnigan on Old Man Orange Podcast. <laughs> Okay, kids, now just shut the fuck up. <laughs> Robin Slim Show. Robin Slim Show. Hey, guys, it's Isaac Thorne. Isaac, how are you, brother? I'm good. How are you? Awesome show tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we've been good, man, and I want to thank you. I know your story is uh, a long one. But I want to thank you so much for your involvement, for your yeah. promotion of us. Like you're, you're amazing, dude. Well, thank you very much. I, I'm happy to do it. I love the show, and and tonight's just been just been amazing. I'm thank you. I'm uh, I'm really impressed with the lineup. Thank you. It's and, flying too. Like that's always yeah. how I know it's a good show when it's like, wow, we got to wrap it up, and like we still have a page of questions we never got to. <laughs> this is like the third show in a row too that's just flown by. Like the past. <laughs> Three have just been crazy. <laughs> nice. Thank you, thank you, man. Um, and uh, ha uh, do you have um, any new books coming out? Uh, well, the one I read last time, um, uh, back in June, Digum was was just released, um, or actually released at the beginning of the month um, in both audio. Recently released in audio form and and released as an ebook at the beginning of the month. So. Awesome. Yeah, that book Good. was great. That story, what you, the read was great. Um, our Thank live you. guest from that show wanted to get here for your interview, and he got here a little late, and he was upset that he hadn't gotten to sit in for your interview. Oh, <laughs> oh, that that was Joey, right? Yes, Joey Taylor. Yeah. Yes, dude. He he was really excited to to talk to you. Oh, and, well, and he's awesome too. I I saw your your second um show with him on it, and and his music is just. Just nuts. He is, dude. He's great. But without any further ado, uh, I did want to get to your story. And uh, what is the title of it? The title of it is Decision Paralysis. And uh, we'll, it's, it's been really abridged. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. If, if it starts to run on too long, I'll, I'll find a good stopping point. But um, I'd hope to get to the end because I think it's I think it's creepier with the uh, in its entirety there. Awesome, All right, cool, thank you. So what I'm gonna do, Isaac, when you're ready, I'm gonna mute the mics so it's gonna be okay. very silent and everything. All right. All right, awesome. All right, I'm ready. All right, muting the mics now. 
The scariest day of Tina's life was the day that her granny's mind broke, the day that her granny made her last decision. The older woman had driven to Tina's school that day to pick her up. Tina could have ridden the bus, of course. They had tried that once. Her mother and father were worried about her granny's health. Just keeping up with Tina for the few hours after school was enough of a chore for a widow in her twilight. That's what they said, anyway. Tina knew her granny had argued with them about it. Despite her granny's protests, Tina's mother and father won that argument. They wanted Tina to start riding the bus. Their feet were down. That's how her granny put it, anyway. She said that her mother and father had put their feet down and nailed their shoes to the floor, and that meant they weren't going to budge. Tina had imagined her parents bent at the knees, driving long nails into the toes of their shoes with hammers like the ones that still hung on the wall out in Graham's old tool shed. She peeked in that shed every now and then, even though she knew her granny didn't want her going in there. That was a private place, she had explained, a place of final decisions, a place for the dead. Tina never understood what her granny meant by that. She never saw any dead people in there, just a bunch of old tools hanging on the wall and a dead, dried-up earthworm or two. Her granny was waiting at the end of her driveway for the bus to arrive on that day after she had had the fight with her mother and father, but no one had told the bus driver that Tina was riding it. He just kept on driving right past her granny's house. Tina had pressed the palms of her hand against the back window of the bus as it carried her by. She had screamed for her granny as the old woman gave chase as fast as she could. The other kids might have been laughing while she screamed. Tina couldn't remember for sure. She was too terrified that the bus would just keep on rolling forever, and she would never see her granny, her mother, or her father again. Beyond the bus window, her granny flailed her arms in the air as, as she ran. Tina could see that she was shouting for the bus driver to stop and to let Tina off. For a moment, it looked like the bus driver wasn't going to heed her pleas. Perhaps Tina would be forced to continue riding the bus until it slammed right into the edge of the earth somewhere down the line. Then, mercifully, she felt the massive contraption stopping beneath her. That was followed by the startled soda can pop-top hiss of its door swinging open. Tina broke away from the rear window and dashed down the aisle toward the open door, launching her backpack over one shoulder. She leaped into her granny's open arms just outside. Never again, her granny had said. I'll pick you up from school from now on. I've decided. Tina felt her granny lay her cheek against the top of her head. Never again. I've decided. Her granny was never quite the same after that. She always looked distracted, as if she had forgotten something she was supposed to do. There are just so many decisions you have to make when you're a grown-up, her granny had explained to her one afternoon. There are so many responsibilities. It's overwhelming especially when you have phones ringing and devices dinging at you and people harassing you about this and that. Makes me wish Jesse were still alive to help me take care of all this. The day of her granny's final decision had been one of the worst. She had said so as Tina climbed into the back seat of her Lincoln. I saw your grandfather in my dreams last night, she told Tina. He was sitting on a little stool right there in the door of that old tool shed. Standing wide open, that door was, with all those dead man's rusty old tools hanging on hooks just inside of it. He was sitting there just like he did in life sometimes, pulling a drag on a cigarette and squinting at me through that old blue smoke when it hit him in the eye. Then he raised both his hands up and looked around like he was gesturing at all the stuff locked up in that old shed. Then he spoke to me. He said, what are you doing, hanging on to all this old stuff? Who are you keeping it for? Don't you see that all you're doing is making more work and upkeep for yourself? All you have to do is let go of some of it. Then you don't have to make so many decisions. 
I tried to tell him that I couldn't let it go, that the tool shed was all I had left of him. I wanted to explain that I can't just stop taking care of things. My mouth was hanging open to say all that, but the words just wouldn't come out. It was like my tongue was paralyzed. Jesse just sat there and looked at me for another minute. Then you know what he said? He waved that cigarette in the air so the smoke made a little squiggle in front of him, and he recited some lines from that old folk song about the worms. The one about being dead and going to rot. How did it go? The worms crawl in, the worms crawl out, the worms play pinochle on your snout. They eat your eyes, they eat your nose, they eat the jelly between your toes. I sat up in bed, wide awake, right then. I crawled out of bed and stood there in my nightgown, looking out the window at that old tool shed of his. The full moon was shining right on the door, bright enough to cast shadows, and there it sat, that old tool shed, just as it had been for a long time now, all closed up and silent as the grave. That sounds like an awful dream, Tina said. I didn't get back to sleep all night, her granny said. All I could think about was how the worms are eating at your grandfather, and I can't stop them. There's nothing I can do to stop them. She fell silent. The horns of two cars blared long in protest as the Lincoln rolled full speed and without, without pause through a four-way stop. The street sign at the intersection indicated that they were on Wormwood Street. The worms crawl in. The worms crawl out. The worms play pinochle on your snout. Then there was the neighbor kid, her granny spat. Tina started in her seat. He shows up at my door right as I'm about to leave for the grocery. Wants to mow my lawn for a couple of 20s. But then he starts asking me all these questions. Do I prefer it cut high or scalped? Do I want him to avoid any specific areas where there might be flower beds or bushes he can't see? Do I want him to run the trimmer when he's done with the mowing? I'd swear he asked me what to do about the worms, too. I don't know what worms he was talking about, but I heard him say something about worms. That got me thinking about your poor old Graham again, and I could feel the tears starting to well up. Finally, I just threw the money at him, clapped my hands over my ears, and hightailed it to the car. Let him do whatever he thinks needs to be done. I have my own decisions to make. I can't make everybody else's decisions for them. That was when Tina heard and felt the loud thud on the right. She glanced behind them to see a man in a cycling outfit and helmet laying prone on the shoulder of the road. One of his legs was twisted backward at the knee, causing the toe of his shoe to point, shoe to point skyward. They eat your eyes, they eat your nose, they eat the jelly between your toes. A ruby pool of blood expanding, expanded along the pavement from beneath what was left of the man's face. Silently, Tina began to cry. Oh, and then there was the grocery, her granny shouted. The grocery. First, you have to find a parking space that's not somewhere out in the middle of town so you don't have a heart attack walking up to the door. Next, you have to fight your way past the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, the Little League teams, the Salvation Army, the Pink Ribbon Crusade, or whoever is standing out front. And if they don't nag you on the way into the store, they nag you on the way out. Most times, both. So, you finally make your way past all that hullabaloo, only to find yourself stuck pushing your cart behind the same slow-ass nitpicker in every single aisle. They're always standing right where you need to be, too. They have to read the entire label and try to sound out the ingredients. Does anybody outside of someone who wears a lab coat for work know how to pronounce fucking gibberish like phenylephrine? Tina sobbed audibly from the back seat. She had never heard her granny use the swears before. So you have to make another decision then, her granny said. You have to decide whether you're going to go around them and try to remember to come back for what you need or just wait them out and hope that wherever they're headed next is the hell away from you. God, makes me so mad.
The left side of the car suddenly felt as if it had leaped off the ground. To their left, one of those big blue standalone United States Post Office mailboxes went flying and took the Lincoln side mirror along with it. The mirror bounced off the back seat window on the edge of the car opposite Tina, leaving a long black skid mark on the glass in its wake. Tina glanced through the rear windshield and saw, saw people watching after them. Many standing at edges of yards or on the opposite sidewalk, their mouths hanging open in disbelief. One young man had apparently been struck by something as her granny drove past. He was seated on the sidewalk directly behind them, rocking back and forth on his bottom and cradling his right shoulder with his left hand. A woman who had appeared to have been pushing a baby stroller was now chasing it down the hill behind them. Of course, then you have to battle the lines at the checkout, and no sooner do you pick a lane than someone else jumps ahead of you. Then you spend 15 minutes waiting for the cashier to figure out how to get into the system while the line stacks up behind you so there's no escape. Sometimes I think those kids at the grocery just want to jam everybody together like segments of some human, weird human worm, like they think that it's funny. A big green worm with rolling eyes crawls in your stomach and out your sides. And the worms, her granny shouted. There are worms all over the sidewalk when you come out of the store after a rain. Where do they come from? Then there's all the choices you have to make just to get out of the parking lot and find your way back home, she screeched. You better believe as soon as you put your car in reverse that the asshole behind you or beside you or behind you will decide to back out at the same time. And what happens when you finally get to the end of the aisle? Can you guess? All of a sudden, a thousand people want to cross the parking lot to the door so you can't get through. You have to keep watching and decide when it's safe. Decide when you're least likely to run over somebody. Damn it. I'm tired of deciding. So you know what I did? Tina saw her granny glance up in the rearview mirror at her for the first time that afternoon. Her eyes were full of jagged streaks of red lightning and hate. I just gave up trying to make decisions. I just gave up and hit the gas. I hit the gas and I plowed right through that entire crowd of motherfuckers. Oh, you should have heard those people scream. And I screamed back at them. I rolled down my window and I screamed at them, you're driving me to an early grave. That's what I screamed. And maybe that's for the best. The earlier I get there, the earlier I can stop the worms from feasting on your grandfather. That's when I came to get you, Tina. I came to pick you up from school because I promised I would do that. But that was my last decision. Something broke inside me. I can't make any more decisions now. I'm all out of them. I mean, look at me. I can't even move. I no longer have a choice. Tina felt sick. That day's lunch exploded from behind her throat and out her mouth, into her lap and the Lincoln's floorboard beyond it. She could hear her granny's maniac laughter from the front seat. Your stomach turns a slimy green and pus pours out like whipping cream. In the back seat, Tina sat up straight and peered through the windshield at the oncoming stone masonry of the town's biggest cemetery. The wall would probably kill them both on impact. It might as well be the edge of the earth, and the Lincoln might as well be that old school bus she'd been afraid was going to go right off the end. Furiously, she fought against her seatbelt, pressing the release button and yanking on the strap three times before the tab finally came loose from the slot. She threw the strap aside and reached for the lever to open the Lincoln's door. She didn't know for certain whether what she was doing might save her life, but she was more than certain that hitting the cemetery wall would kill them both. She wrapped her fingers around the door lever and pulled. Nothing happened. The door remained closed. Granny, Tina screamed. Granny, please unlock the door and let me out. I don't want to go with you and Graham. I want to go home. 
from the front seat. You'll spread it on a slice of bread, and that's what you eat when you are dead. Desperate, Tina snatched her school backpack off the seat beside her and dove into the floorboard behind the passenger seat. There was just enough space for her to crouch there, feel, with her backpack and its contents filling the gap between her and the seat in front of her. She imagined the front end of her granny's Lincoln collapsing into the cemetery wall. Silently, she prayed that there was enough length on the front of the car to protect her in the back. Awareness came about after some struggle. Her knees hurt, her shoulders and her back ached too. She tried to open her eyes, but there was a bright light in front of her that made them sting, so she closed them tight again. She drew in a deep breath, which set her ribs on fire, and let it out in a series of short gasps and coughs. She felt the warmth of the palm of someone's hand on her brow. There, there, a familiar voice whispered. It sounded a little like Granny, but without much of the hoarseness that comes with old age. There, there. Everything's all right. Everything's going to be all right. Tina opened her mouth to speak, but her lips were met instead by the mouth of a plastic straw. Sip, said the voice. Her tongue felt thick and her throat was scratchy. Swallowing was painful, but the cool water felt good as it rolled down her esophagus. Granny, she managed. No, sweetie, the voice whispered. It's Mommy. Mommy's here. Mommy, Tina replied. Mommy, the light's too bright. There was a metallic squeak, and suddenly the blinding haze in front of her eyelids was gone. She opened her eyes, and when her vision cleared, was able to make out the forms of both her mother and her father standing over her. She knew that she must be laying down, because behind them was a white ceiling with a lot of little holes in it, like the one in her classroom at school. Where? You're in the hospital, Pumpkin, her father said. You were in a nasty accident, but the doctors think you're going to heal up just fine. Accident? Granny? Now, now, her mommy said. Don't you worry about that right now. You just lay back and get some rest. Let your body heal. Everything else in the world can wait, okay? Okay, Tina replied. Her eyelids suddenly felt heavy again. Mommy and Daddy are going to go talk to the doctor for a minute, sweetie, her mother said. You'll be okay here. Just relax. We'll be right back. There was the sound of multiple footsteps on linoleum, then what was most likely a closing door, and the room was quiet. Tina was overcome by the need to sleep. Granny, she whispered into the darkness. Where are you, Granny? What did you do? I made one more decision after all, she thought she heard a voice say from a distance. I'm with your Graham now, Tina. I decided to be with him. But you didn't leave me, let me have a choice, Tina whispered in reply. I didn't get a choice. There was a long pause. Tina was nearly unconscious when the voice spoke again. It's strange here, it said. Just like the old song says, the worms crawl in, the worms crawl out. You can't stop them. No matter what you decide to do, what choices you make, you can't stop the worms. Tina drifted into a deep sleep glad of the fact that she did not need to make any more decisions that day. The end. Wow. That's like a like an episode of like the Twilight Zone. That was like, amazing. Wow. <laughs> wow. Thank you very crazy. much. Thank you, Isaac. That's great, dude. How long did it take you to write that? Uh that one it's it was one of those that 
you get the idea for and you just start typing and it, it kind of writes itself, you know? Yeah. Um, some of them aren't like that, but, uh, but that one definitely was, I just, I, you know, it's a time, it's a time in our lives when, when there are so many things just, just hitting us and, and we're making, we're making more decisions now in a few seconds than, you know, people a hundred years ago did in an hour. And, and I just happen to think, what if somebody was just so overwhelmed by that, that they decided that to just give up, you know, yeah. and that, that they just can't make any more decisions. And it, and it just so happened that it was exactly the wrong place and time to do that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. That's awesome. What, what is that called again, Isaac? Decision paralysis. Mm. Writing that down. That was amazing. Yeah, and I'm, now I'm you... probably... I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you said that was the abridged version. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, a lot more shit happens. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Nice. <laughs> that is cool, dude. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank and thank you uh, as well. And I know I said it before, but I did see, too, your, uh, your blog yes. that you wrote about us. That was really, really awesome. Oh, no, no problem at all. No problem. I, like I said, I love the show and I, I can't believe, you know, I'm on the same show with, with bleeding critic and a story about skeleton rape, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe skeleton rape is on the same show as bleeding critic (laughs) and you exactly. It's it's all, it's all terrifying. It's all terrifying in its own way. You know what? Not only that, but you guys, you guys managed to get bleeding critic to, um, to read a story that he wrote for you guys that contained the word anus, which is just impressive in itself. <laughs> that rocks, dude. Yeah, dude, he literally, like, we were talking before the show, and he's like, I just finished writing the story. It was maybe like an hour or two. I was so excited. I'm like, that is so cool. That's awesome. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's cool, man. Thank, thanks again. I can't say it enough, man. You're, you're awesome, Isaac. I appreciate that. And uh, if I've got a second here, uh, I just mm. want to say that I've already cast my uh, vote in this election, and uh, and I voted for Slambo because I think it's about time we had a president with a beard. We haven't had one in my <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> I like that. Yes. I like yeah. that. I'm writing him in. He. I don't even think he's writing himself in, but I, I'm writing him in. I don't care, baby. I am awesome. going. <laughs> Who was that guy? I don't even remember. You trounced him. What, next week? Oh, no, last week. Jim Hedges. Hedges. Oh, my God. Was he a doddering old bag of shit? Yeah, he definitely was. (laughs) I didn't even know there was a prohibition party. (laughs) Yeah, me neither. (laughs) Dude, because it works so well when they try to last. Like, uh, Yeah. And I re-listened to a little bit of that interview too, and it was like it was really weird because like we he would just Slambo would say the most ridiculous things, and then <laughs> and then and then Jim would just act like nothing happened. He just kept pushing right on through. Absolutely, he did. just plowing. Oh man! I I also want to give a couple of shout outs while I'm here. Um, we uh, we talked a little bit about. Uh, Leanne Moonraven and and Carmen Theater the last time I was on and I now have a small part in her latest season of the Burbs as the creepy neighbor Frank Stevens so uh, so I'm doing a little bit of audio acting here cool and um, nice. there's a uh, 
a film indie film production company uh, called My Little Rascal Productions, and you can find them on Twitter at My Little Rascal One, who have decided to adapt some of my stories for film. So I'm really excited about that. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, that's cool, dude. Congratulations! Yeah, thank you very much. I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I mean, I see these characters in my head. I can't wait to see them on the screen. Yeah. You know, that's cool. Yeah, as long as it's not a Michael Nemeth production, no, do yeah. not no. go with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did as much background checking as I could as you can on social media <laughs> Isaac where can people find your work uh, people can find my work on uh, Amazon Barnes and Noble places like that audible now uh, I was gonna say cool are up there. I was gonna yeah, ask and, Joe too if any of you guys had audible stuff uh, and both of them are, are narrated by me um, cool. uh, one of them uh, an accent and the other with my normal voice um which probably also has an accent but not the same accent <laughs> <laughs> and um you can find me on twitter at uh isaac r thorn and that's thorn with an e um same on facebook and isaacthorn.com awesome, awesome man. that's cool that you read your own work yes too. You, you, you're like great that. yeah thank so you very much that's awesome but you know it's funny i was at this just uh, hit me when we're talking about like the Audible and stuff. I was showing Slambo the other day that I don't know if you guys are familiar with Philip K. Dick. Um, yeah. But I listened to an audio uh, version of A Scanner Darkly and it's narrated by Paul Giamatti and it's just the most amazing thing. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. I bet it is. Yeah, it's really great. I want to hear that done by uh, who's Stephen Brule? Uh, the actor that oh, plays Doc John C. Riley. Yeah. But as I want to hear him ask Steve Brule though. John C. Riley. Oh, that's great. I was I I haven't watched that show in a while. It came on Adult Swim last night and I, I don't know where where this episode in the timeline of the show was. It was I guess later, like he got into a, a television studio and had this producer cursing and yelling at him the whole time. And then they had a guest come on and it, 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 it came to be that this guy was planning, I guess, for the apocalypse. <laughs> and he was just on there to sell his uh, like fallout shelters and soups. But it was all like horse meat and stuff. It was, <laughs> it was hilarious. I caught it like a night or two ago. That show was crazy. Nice. Well, that show it's it's hard to uh it's hard to figure out where the timeline is in that show because i think there's something like five years between seasons <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great isaac thanks again bro you are Thank awesome you. dude I appreciate it. Um, and uh have a great do. rest of the show it's it's been fantastic so far. Thank awesome. you so Thank much you. dude all right bye 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 isaac take care isaac that's great and we will be back with Elroy Aiken. All right. That was amazing. That was really cool. All right, guys, we're going on break. Hey, it's Creepy Old Guy from Must Hate Zombies, and you're listening to the Bob and... No, guy. No. No. It's Rob and Slim. Rob and Slim? Yeah, Rob and Slim. I thought it was the Bob and Tom show. No. Rob and Slim. Alright. Uh, 
Yeah, creepy old guy here from Must Hate Zombies, and you're listening to the Rob and Slim show, I guess. All right, I'm going to go get a drink. See ya. I was saying, like, I was thinking, too, like, when he was telling that story, man, you always think of crazy shit sometimes. Like, I don't even know. You don't even have to be, like, down or anything. You just think of crazy shit, like... It's also interesting to put into perspective, too, how many decisions you do make and the idea of just stop making decisions. Yeah! Or just to get... Slambo in the yeah, bathroom. Yeah, bathroom, bathroom, com- bathroom commentary. I don't even know. I don't even know what he said. I just guess it's in smellovision. <laughs> <laughs> Here he comes. Here, oh, slamming right. the seat down. Slamming, slamming the seat down. Lamborghini oh, style. Guys, we're even back on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, we are. That was amazing. Watch, careful. I got wires everywhere. Oh. We're gonna, you're gonna mess up the whole. The Set up. Jizz. Like, <laughs> the, the, the jizz skeleton, the jizz covered skeleton <laughs> bones. <laughs> He's on, so. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> you you jerk off. You gotta we're tell just, us we're back. We're I know it was time. I was just gonna message him. <laughs> Elroy Aiken. Hey, how's it going? Great. How going, are man? you, brother? Hey, pretty good. I hope old Slamborghini turned a fan on. <laughs> Never, bro. No, there's no fan in here. <laughs> he, he, didn't, he didn't even spray in there. He's just letting it all leak into him. His bathroom etiquette is awful. Awful. Uh, I just uh. Uh, piss like a racehorse. That's, that's all that was. Oh, so man. You smell like the zombie apocalypse. That's what I always figured. It just stink like a sack full of assholes everywhere you went. <laughs> There's a fucking dead bodies walking around everywhere, and it's it's just going. Oh, jeez! And the, and of course the garbage isn't picked up, and then then there's all the food that's gone bad in the refrigerators. That's the thing that people don't realize. It's they, going to stink. It's gonna. Jesus. I'd never thought of that myself. The crows are gonna have a field day. <laughs> the seagulls. A lot a lot of people really do fantasize or want like a zombie apocalypse. Uh, yeah, say. don't you? No, no, why? no. Because they, because it's gonna smell. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> going to smell, you're probably gonna have to brutally kill one of your family members. <laughs> well, yeah, fun. I kind of want to do that anyway. So, I'm <laughs> gonna be fun in games. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna have trouble finding food, and then when you do find food, you're gonna have to eat with that smell in your nose. What about like yeah. cigarettes and beer? That's gonna be hard to find. Yeah. Especially all the beers gonna be warm. Yeah, oh, you can make your own. Slambo, Slambo's gonna open a brewery. Slambo's bathroom gin. It's gonna be <laughs> exactly. I made it out of my. Oh, you don't want to know. He's closing himself. You know, it's funny. You don't hear of too many preppers doing. Uh, what do they call it? home brewing and all that? You'd think they'd be into that. Or the whiskey. Yeah. Get the get the liquor going. Well, I mean, uh, the whole thing with beer is it started because you couldn't keep bread over the winter. I mean, it'd go bad. So what they did was they made liquid bread with benefits. (laughs) That's all beer is. It all started that way thousands of years ago. It's kept it around. So it's like, well, damn, damn, it's winter. We're going to starve. No, we got this stuff here. It's like liquefied. It's good. You feel good. Thousands of years ago in Iraq. Liquid lunch. Liquid lunch. That was it. <laughs> How have the book sales been, uh, Elroy? Have they been good? Yeah, well, we're tootling along. It's slowing down a little bit because I need to get that third book out there. But my whole life's been fucked up this year because uh, Wells sold a house and then bought a house and... 
then had to fix up the house and all kinds of, I yeah, I don't even have the same I have, I, 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 I have seen that you've been busy. I see your Facebook posts every now and then, and it's yeah. a, a lot of moving. Because I was going to ask, too. I know it's a trilogy. I didn't know if, if the third was done yet or if you were waiting to drop it or if, if you were still writing it. Oh, actually, I uh, had a nice long drink about it, several long drinks about it, and uh, decided that uh, I just had to, like, change course right in the middle. You know, it just wasn't working out. Also, uh, I want to work out the final boss in such a way that, you know, since this is the last book, I've just got to do something. I've, actually, I've got to do several somethings that are real over the top. Nice. Uh-huh. Yeah, the one that I'm working on now that I'm real proud of is... Uh, yeah, there's there's going to be they're, they're going to end up in this uh, they call it the redoubt. It's basically where all the rich people went. You know, this is a question I'm looking to answer. Where did all the rich people go when the zombies rose from the grave? Well, they went to places like uh, Jackson Hole in uh, Wyoming. You know, where nobody else is. And uh, you know, they're they're going to have people there who are actually fat. I mean, obese, and they're going to be laughing at all the survivors they bring in to do all their shit work for them. Wow. I mean, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, one of the ideas I had was I was going to ram sticks of dynamite up their asses and fling them by a trebuchet <laughs> stone wall that I need to blow up anyway. <laughs> Just the idea of these big, fat, naked women tumbling through the air with, you know, <laughs> little trail of, you know. A little curly cue of smoke following behind because they're tumbling, you know, and the dynamite's burning, and then kaboom. And the great thing is is that I, I like to think that all the bone fragments would do a great job of just wiping out everybody on that wall. Right. If this is ever made into a movie, the, the uh, soundtrack should have Lou Reed's Perfect Day playing in the background as this is like going on. <laughs> I also imagine another thing where you got these grown men with, you know, their M4s and all this shit and they're just covered in in fat shit and they're just puking their guts out. <laughs> yeah, we got them on morale. Uh, well, that's, that's just amazing. one thing I want to do. That's the one I want to just warm up with there. And of nice. course it has to a really spectacular finale. Mm. Is there anything that scares you, Lawrence? Oh, it scares me is getting trapped in a situation like, a, you know, let's say you're out there and you're trying to survive, and then, you, then uh, you're like, oh, this community, it'll be great. Next thing you know, you're just basically a serf and a slave. And yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. I would rather, I don't want to sound like some heroic libertarian whatever the fuck but you know it's just like yeah i'd rather take my chances with the goddamn zombies and like have a whip over me every day or basically you know they have all kinds of punishments if you don't come through they got some kind of i mean this is stuff i'm still working through i i at least i i would try to like establish a trade network with those assholes but other than that i wouldn't like I wouldn't want to. I don't watch them. The Walking Dead, but isn't that kind of exactly like what's happening in The Walking Dead right now? Uh, yeah, they they are having a. Well, it's what you would expect in any post-apocalyptic situation. You're going to have these big, mean motherfucking alpha dogs, and the only mm. people who are going to do well at this are the meanest motherfuckers of all. Yeah. And uh, yeah, 
you're going to have to deal with them. You could try and trade with them, or this guy can say, you know, no, 50% of everything is mine. You know, They're like <laughs> the Genghis Khans, like, basically. <laughs> well, you'd have to be their... You'd have to be you'd Genghis You'd have to be the Genghis Khan. to them. You'd have, you'd to, have to be fuck their shit draconiest. up. Yeah. <laughs> you'd have to be ruthless, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You'd have to become the monster you're fighting. Yeah. But that's the funny thing about the zombie apocalypse, uh, the genre altogether, is that uh, really, in the end, the biggest enemy are the other assholes out there, the other living humans. <laughs> yeah, They're the ones who complicate the shit for you every time. I mean, yeah, getting back to the question, you know, what scares me? Yeah, it's being made into a slave by one of these assholes. Yeah. And, you know, imagine having, you know, being there, you know, with that, you know, in front of someone like Negan, and he's got a baseball bat, and he's telling you what it is, and it's like... Well, fuck, you know. <laughs> On the whole, I think I'd rather be back in Atlanta, you know, in that damn tank. <laughs> That's like, yeah, a couple you know, people. Watching my horse get eaten. You know? <laughs> a couple of my friends at work were talking about it, and they're like, why would you want to live the rest of your life as, like, just being a little bitch? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, like yeah. I said, you know, it's not some big heroic thing. It's like just, you know, what would you just rather do? And it's like some people and some people would go for the safety. I would think so. I, I would think there would be some people. Like, yeah, there'd cool be a lot that. of people do that because it's the easy thing. Mm. Yup. Yeah, because thing, you know, because the hard thing is you're not just on the run from the Nazis. You're on the run from the warlords, the Negans, the whatever, you know. Right. Got to You got to make sure you give those people a wide berth. You know, if nothing. Yeah. You know, at best, you know, they don't even know you exist. You just ghost around these people. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dude, Lawrence, could you read us some of your book? Uh, is it Grace Among the Dead? Yep. Yeah, I've been practicing this stuff of, you know, since my rig is different, I've been working with my microphone. I hope the sound's not too fucked up. Sounds amazing. Sounds great, I was going to ask, is this the new setup? Because I know you told me you were going to do the the Skype. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, dude. it's a... Uh, Man, I've been meaning to do some stuff with just recording and so on, but uh, it's weird. I, I get this... I don't know. I get... I, I should drink more. I get stage fright. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am down to my last beer. I thought I'd just, <laughs> I I'd just read uh, from the first chapter, and uh, you know, I guess I'll keep an eye on the time or you can tell me when to stop. But it basically opens up right in the middle of the action. Grace Among the Dead begins uh, just, you know, Derek Grace has gotten back to the Colorado Springs area where he came from. And, of course, he's too late for his kids. His kids are gone. His wife died. And uh, he's just, he's depressed and fucked up. And he's basically holed up in a house outside of Falcon, Colorado, where he just basically takes painkillers and drinks and reads and just passes the time. Until, of course, something happens, which is in this first chapter. We'll start here. I'm at the drugstore in Falcon, Colorado, when the thing grabs my arm. The squeeze hurts like a mother. A debtor's muscles don't relax once they've got a hold. I jam my hunting knife into the woman's eye, working the blade until it finds whatever part of her brain keeps her up and she drops. The woman's grip pulls me to the floor with her as five of her office mates stumble up from outside. The first three struggle in the doorframe as either one tries to get in first. I stab into the woman's wrist, severing the tendons. Through the tingling of reawakening nerves, I shoulder her remains into the ankles of her office mates, now through the door and nearly on top of me. 
I run to the staff door beside the pharmacy. Locked. The service window is open, so I hop on the counter and butt slide over. After the damage I've taken, I need that Vicodin more than I'm when I started out this morning. Which I see has been cleaned out. Shit! Oxford blood smeared brown and black, their ragged ties stiff with old blood. Our first three office stooges get their numb, dead feet back under them. The two others behind them shuffle and growl for the delay. Now all five are reaching for me over the counter, trying to work out how to get over it without falling face forward and losing their footing again. Their craving to chew into my warm, living flesh will soon overcome the matter of their undead dignity. Here, with their arms outstretched, their heads laid out across the counter, these ghouls are all but offering themselves to me. I pull my panga from my belt. My beautiful panga, weapon of choice of the Rwandan genocide and the most invaluable souvenir of my Kansas adventure. My left arm is hobbled from the woman's crushing grip, so it's raw adrenaline driving its wide blade through the arms of the first two office stooges and the near hand of the third before sticking halfway through his other wrist. I use the jammed blade to pull him towards me. I slip the claw hammer from my belt and swing it hard between his eyes. His wrist snaps away from the blade as he drops. The remaining two squall with rage, thumping their bleeding stumps uselessly on the counter as I deliver one, two hard taps and they fall. The last two approach the counter. I bend my knees slightly, drawing long breaths of hot, fetid air through my nose. I feel the crushing pain in my arm, the queasiness in my belly. May I help the next customer, please? I switch hands with the panga and the hammer, slicing through the arms of the first office stooge and chopping into the neck of the second. I switch the hammer to my right hand and fling it across his temple. His hand tumbles away, smacking wetly upon the floor. As the corpse gravy begins to gurgle over his neck stump, I'm, I'm making a neat crater between the eyes of his buddy. He's been bellowing something fierce since I sliced off his hands. No telling how many others have heard him. I turn back to the inventory. I find half a tray of Percocet. Whoever got here before me got the popular stuff. Gotta admit, nothing Big Farmer offered back in the day could give you such a good, clean, happy-to-be-alive buzz like a Viking a beer. Beer is no longer an option, of course. At least I have something so this arm won't keep me up all night. I grab some antibiotics on the way out, hoping I won't have to use them, but cause they're probably no good anyway. Pretty soon none of these pills will be any good. Sucks to be us. While bagging my groceries in Ziplocs and dropping them into the pockets of my hunting vest, I see another woman and her two orbiters groping at the pharmacy drive through window. The loud clunka-clunka of one pulling at the emergency exit door will draw even more of Falcon's former citizens here. I've gotten everything I need here, so I leave through the front. Stepping into the blazing, sunlit parking lot, I marvel at how often I'm able to leave the same way I came in the most days, most of these days. I suppose that's something. Hot as it is, I'm guessing it's already July. Unless they're sure of someone to eat, the dead tend to sit out the hottest part of the day in the shade. Which means I have no trouble making my way back to the big yellow truck. That is, until I actually get there to find your standard-issue, mentally ill, homeless thing in an army jacket and a Charles Manson beard pawing at the passenger side door. This pisses me off just as much as if he was alive and begging for cigarettes and change instead of gobstopping mouthfuls of soft tissue from around my collarbone. Seriously, get your booger hooks off my goddamn truck! I jog up to it. 
It moans loudly as it senses my approach. I slash and hit it in two clean motions. I leap to the chrome runner and pull at the passenger door. I'm sure I didn't lock this. I thumb the button on my remote and yank the door open. Please, says the woman from the door, from the floor in the front of the seat. God damn it! I can hear the shuffling, scraping approach of the others. I slam the door and run around to the driver's side. I pull myself up into the cab and start the engine. Sit up and put your seatbelt on now! I've already got the truck in reverse so I can bump the walkers shambling up behind us. I roll over them twice before spinning a tire on one. I've got more coming in from the front. Five, now seven. Twelve. I plow into the thickest part of the ghouls, knocking them down upon one another before reversing into another three following too closely. There's some bumping and dipping in the back. An industrious bubba in crusty gore-blackened overalls has clambered up into the flatbed. The woman next to me shrieks. Do that again and I swear to God I'll feed you to them. Her eyes bulge, brimming with tears. Uh, I'm sorry, she says. Don't be sorry. Be quiet. I turn around to see more raggedy, chewed-over-once people pulling themselves up into the flatbed. I let my foot off the brake, coaxing the truck over the ones I've knocked over. I reverse again to make those on the tailgate fall face forward into the flatbed. I stop to let some more climb up. No one wants to miss the lunch wagon. Your eyes still open? I ask my stowaway. She whimpers. Good. Make yourself useful and count the ones I finish off. I drive out of the parking lot with maybe 18 or 20 rotters clinging around the truck and in the flatbed. You can feel them weighing down the chassis. If this was an ordinary car, we'd be so much tenderized meat pulled through the busted safety glass. A young man in a wife beater and board shorts falls away from the front grill. I don't feel anything under the tire, so he misses getting run over. The bug-eyed woman at the passenger side beating on the window and making noises is flicked off as I bang through one of the deeper potholes on this crumbling street. The rest are hanging tough. Good for them. I turn right. The road looks clear, but that's going to last one minute, two at best, before the inhabitants of the neighborhoods to either side come pouring out at the sound of my engine. I bring the truck up to 50 miles per hour, careful not to pull away so fast that the ones in the flatbed fall back. No, I want them all leaning forward, trying to hold on, trying to get at all the living, breathing, meaty goodness in the cab. I'm up to 65 before I hit the brakes. Not too hard, this thing is too easy to flip. Just enough to send these ugly waste of skin sailing over the cab. Once I'm sure we've slowed enough, I cut the wheel to send the ones we've slammed into the back window tumbling over the side. Their heads crack on the white asphalt and they're done. Assholes in suits, assholes in t-shirts and jeans, at least one dress. No, make that two, plus a pantsuit. How many, I asked my new companion. Nine down for sure. I see five others. They're crawling. Good. The impact breaks bones in every one of them. The ones I miss splitting open their skulls in the westbound lanes have one or no legs to walk with. Most don't even have intact arms with which to pull themselves along. They twitch furiously, their broken, useless limbs hanging lip beside their torn bodies. I turn the truck back towards Falcon, aiming at the big tires at the head, aiming my big tires at the heads of the floppers and crawlers. Sclutch, snap, sclutch, snap, popping bubble wrap. 
I've got to make two more turnarounds on the road to get them all. My new companion makes a sound. I, she says, what? I, speak up, damn it. I think, no, there's one still in the back. There. I glance at the rear view. Son of a bitch. I stop the truck and get out. I walk back and pull down the tailgate. A teenage boy kicks and thrashes the old blood stiff on what's left of a designer brand shirt. His parents put some money into his wardrobe. I wonder if they got their faces chewed off for their trouble. The boy's mouth has the usual telltale scabbing about it. He's been eating someone. He won't be reaching out for me, though. He's dislocated his shoulders holding onto the lip of the flatbed. That death grip apparently works against them sometimes. I step back and he kicks and snaps after me. He worms over the tailgate and face plants to the asphalt. He lifts his damaged face up from the pavement by his neck and gnashes broken teeth at me. I slam the tailgate shut and nudge the boy's head with my boot so it's in line with my left rear tire. I climb into my truck and shift into reverse. I hardly feel the bump as I put the truck into drive and roll over it again on my way towards town. I see lines of walkers coming in from the surrounding fields. Where do you want me to drop you off, I say, staring around the crashing intersection. A gray woman in a tattered bathrobe lurks behind a minivan, but she backs away as I approach. What? No! Well, not here, obviously. The dead from miles around heard the banshee screech of the tires where I slung the last of the locals from the flatbed. The early, arrivers, the early arrivals are stepping off the curb and crowding into the road. So far, they're hesitant to step directly in front of the truck. One tries to stumble run aside, alongside. I slow to match his speed, then swing my door open on him. He flips to the side in a neat arc. He might cartwheel on his outstretched arms and legs if he had better motor control. <laughs> he doesn't. You're not going to put me out here, are you? I can hear the near panic in her voice. So what you're saying is you've got no one around here, is that it? I, I have some things in a place. Somewhere it's... Where is it? No, you can't drop me off. I stomp the brake, slamming us forward against our seat belts. Even so, we're pushed forward a smidge as the parade of former citizens behind us bark their kneecaps on the bumper and slam their heads into the tailgate. Loud, piteous moans erupt behind us as the fallen are trampled by their brothers and sisters bringing up the rear, using their bodies to step up into the flatbed. My stowaway squares her back between the seat and the doorframe. She ignores the slapping on her window from the once pretty lady missing half of her face, who has climbed up into the booster rail on her side. It's not human, the woman says. You can't put a defenseless... Now her big, watery brown eyes are all about the flat black barrel of my Glock. I could rack the slide for effect like they used to do in the movies, and I'm sure it would be the only thing she'd hear, too, beside all the slapping and thumping about the truck. All she needs to hear, though, is this. You do not climb into my truck unasked and tell me what to do. I... Shut up! I'll be fighting for my life against mobs of walkers you'll bring straight to us because you can't stay quiet and you can't stay still. I'll be good, she says. To apologize is to lay the foundation for a future offense, I say, quoting Ambrose Bierce. I'll make a deal with you. Don't ask questions. Don't talk. I'll take you to where I'm staying and we'll get you something to eat. After that, we'll decide on where you need to go. Lawrence. She sinks back. Oh. Huh? I'm sorry, dude. I thought... <laughs> I was hoping that was a pause. We could 
we could end this. Not that I want to end this. How about no, that's cool. <laughs> but dude, we have to wrap it up. That was amazing. <laughs> oh, great. Okay, good. I, I was I just got lost and lost track of the time. So, oh, dude, I, I could have listened that. I could have listened to way more of that, dude. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I'm hoping it uh, sets the mood for the Halloween show. I mean, of course, you already had bleeding critic on. <laughs> <laughs> How was he, by the way? Oh. He's fantastic, man. He wrote a story just to read on our show. Like, it, it was great. It was great. Oh, he's got the goods. I don't know if you've seen his website, but yes. my God. Dude, he is the real deal. The real deal. I told my barber about him, and, like, he just had to see the interview we had with him the last time. He is, as he said, the only real horror clown. Yes, he <laughs> is. The one and only. He puts in the goddamn work, I'll say that. Yeah. Holy shit, it's astonishing. He, yeah. yeah, he is outstanding, but I so mean, he are you, dude. It. I mean, he lives and breathes it. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is not I, a hobby. Yeah, I, I assume he just goes to the grocery store in the mass and that's just <laughs> every day for Bleeding Critic. <laughs> <laughs> Probably sleeps with the mask on. <laughs> yeah. But dude, I hope everybody runs out to get your book because I hope like us, I hope they can't wait to hear more of that, to read more of that. Well, I appreciate the encouragement. I, I mean, I'll have to record this and put it up then. Uh, like I said, I just kind of, you know, I was nervous as hell before doing it, and then I get oh. into it, and it's like... You got to do your own <laughs> audiobook. That's what you got to do, man, because it, it's great with you reading it. So, that's encouraging. Like I said, I'm glad, I'm glad for the encouragement, because I look at people like Bleeding cr Critic, and it's like, shit, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, my, my girlfriend yeah, just messaged me. She just said, I wish I had time to read, because she wants to read your books, and she loves zombies. She loves a zombie apocalypse type story. Well, I'll just have to come on and just read a little bit more every time, and then after a while, you know, we'll have that audio book. <laughs> We'll just book a show for you for yes. like five hours. You can just read. And we'll like... <laughs> I would <laughs> listen to Mystery it. Science Theater 3000 stuff, you know. And she said, too, and I love it, too, how you go into the characters. It's, it's just fucking amazing, yeah. dude. It's spot on. It helps to drink a lot of beer and pace <laughs> the floor and do the voices. And, you know, because you, you need to try and make it sound realistic. Of course, I'm reading through this and it's like, ah, shit, man. I don't know. I might want to change that one. <laughs> <laughs> Where can everybody find your stuff, dude? Uh, Amazon.com. Awesome. Yep, awesome. I get a Kindle ebook, or you can get the paperback. Uh, most people get the ebook. That's fine. I actually make more money off the ebooks. I don't know how that fucking works, but right. <laughs> <laughs> thank but you. There it is. Thank you so much, dude. Oh, thank you guys, and uh, you guys have an excellent Halloween. You have a better one. You do, man. Happy Halloween. All right, I'm going to be looking forward to listening to the finished product here. Awesome. All you right. too, brother. Have a good one, man. All right, you too. All right, later. Later, dude. All right, guys, ah. we are uh, going on break. We we'll will be, be back. back with Peter Mayhit. Give dude. me one second. Who are you talking to? Get off the my phone. My mother keeps calling me. Give me a second. <laughs> put her on. Stay on. Put her, put her on speaker. Hold on. <laughs> We saw a lot of people this week. Yeah, we did. We saw quite a few people. And we were on someone else's show. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was right. Holy crap. Rob and Slim. You can check them out at the Rob and Slim Show. 
That was a very entertaining thing to go on to. So fun. Those guys are a lot more crass than we are, yeah. but it was a refreshing type of crass. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so if you want to hear us talk about some more crass things, Subjects. definitely check out episode 48 of the Robin Slim Show. I think we're around the two-hour and 15-minute mark. Something like that. And yeah, we, we talked about things like Action Park. Deaths at Disneyland, yeah, uh, uh, the new Star Wars Land, yes. a whole bunch of things. Everything. So, we jammed that in 30 minutes. Can you yeah, it, that? it was fast. It honestly felt like it was over in five minutes. Mm-hmm. Really cool guys. Really funny. Hilarious. So check them out. Um, you may be a little offended, but if you are, then get the hell out of here. <laughs> so Just if, you, uh, if you're offended easily, maybe don't listen. Yeah. They're, they're very crass, but if you enjoy that kind of thing, then go for it. We enjoyed the hell of it. Oh so. yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. I loved it. So here's to you guys. Um, aside from that, do we have anyone else? Alright. I, I don't know. She knows that we do the show. I have no Slim's clue. Like, mom is a nudge. I'm just glad she didn't come in the show this time. Yeah, just like, walk in. Peter, are you there? That's a, you know it. Peter Mayhit, uh Slim's mom, has been a thorn on his side. For, she, like, she just randomly. It's Is it every week or is no, it? No, it's just like, it's, it's just I don't like know. Every six months every or down there, year, or Wednesday like, night. <laughs> yeah. She was calling him during the last interview. Like, she called me times. twice. I, yeah, I hung up on her the one time. <laughs> and then she called me again. And you know what it was, Peter? She wanted, she was asking me if I knew anybody who had a Stewie Griffin doll. I'm like, I, I don't even know, like, why you would ask that. Like, go online and order one. I don't know. Does she need one, or does she just want to see one? I don't know. I've got one right here. I've got one right here in my pants. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Dude, I've been following you. You guys are rocking. It's amazing. Thank you, Thank brother. You. How have you been? I, how's that show you got on? Uh, it's okay. Things are going good. Cool, dude. Awesome. I didn't know if it was uh, like a one-time thing or if it was just an ongoing. Well, what it is is I basically kind of sprinkle myself across every podcast and radio show across the country. So I'm like on somewhere about every, like twice a week. So my own show, I don't have my own show yet. I'm kind of thinking about doing it, though. I had one before, so I'm thinking about doing it again. You should, man. You could rock that. You're one. Of, you're one of two people that we actually keep in touch with from Radio Gaslights. It's him yeah. and Lucas. You and Lucas. We had a yeah. on last week. Our friend Lucas Corvana, dude. We hit gold. We struck gold with you guys. Everyone else yeah. on there, whatever. <laughs> Radio Gaslights, the land of the damned. <laughs> yeah, right. pretty much. Do you, the living dead. Do you still go on there? Uh, yeah, I get I get some some stuff from there. I'm starting to get people actually from other podcasts and stuff I've done are actually calling me up and asking me to be on, which is really cool. That's I'm cool. getting some broadcast radio now, which is ultimately what I wanted to do. So, nice. yeah, things are great. Nice, cool, dude. That's cool. That's cool. I was going to ask, are you ready for Halloween? Uh, I got a party on Sunday, and then I'm planning on taking off Monday so I can be unconscious most of the day. <laughs> so I'm getting my planning together for that now. I, I, I think I'm sort of ready you know when you get to my age you've done so many halloweens it's just i want to do something that's really original and i don't know i'm so outdone by what's going on in the real world i don't i don't know what you do just up as trump a trump <laughs> and like hillary like Mash. creature yeah. like a, a, a cronenberg <laughs> a trump oh, hillary God. cronenberg that's a tr- amazing trumpenberg a trumpenberg exactly <laughs> I, I you know i just don't know it's just it's like you know you think about a scary family story i don't know 
what's going on in the world right now is pretty fucking scary. Actually. It's scary enough. Yeah. It's scarier than yeah, anything exactly. we can think of. That's exactly right. And the real thing about it is, is you look at where we are now, it's like these people that are out doing this thing with Trump, they've got a real grievance, and they're not going away, regardless of what happens in this election. Yeah, yeah. You've got this irresistible force and this immovable object that's called the establishment. And I'm old enough to have been around when the first go-around was with the establishment in the 60s, and it wasn't pretty then, but they had more power than they do now. This Internet thing has just totally ripped this thing wide open. Elaborate here, right? I need some education. What do you mean establishment? Like, what are you referring the to? Problem with the, the, the way mainstream, we're run. the mainstream media, the government, all of it, the government media complex. You can mm. say that uh, we... those are the lackeys of the establishment. Okay. The establishment is about four hundred and nineteen families that control the wealth of America. That's the establishment. They're like lizards. Like Fox News or MSNBC or CNN. You're like being angry at the waitress at, at Hardee's, okay? That's not the problem. <laughs> uh, so it's the lizard people. Well, what about, um, what is it, Philip Morris? Doesn't Philip Morris own everything when it comes down to it? Philip Morris owns Ooh, crap. Yeah, they own everything. And you, you, there's, a, there's a couple of really huge corporations. But at the end of the day, the stock of those corporations are owned by a very few families around the world. Wow. And basically, you know, um, if you go back to the founding of this country, you had the Rothschilds and you had those yep. people who were controlling the financial destinies. America would not have existed without them. Well, guess what? Those same, that same cabal of insanely stupid fucking rich people have their vision of what the world should look like, and they're going to impose it on everybody else. Unless there's like, um, oh God, dare I say it on on the internet, a revolution, and I think that's what we're looking at. Yeah, that's what it's the only thing. Yeah. I can see. You, you know what I anything. and you know what I always think too. Like I, you know that like these people that that the small families like anything they do is to benefit them and their family. Like yeah. kind of like you know. Well, that's what we but, all do though. But I, I'm on your show because I want to benefit you. I get a little bit of publicity. I benefit me. I mean, we all do things in our own self-interest. The problem that you got is. The power yeah. is concentrated in too few hands, so you can't overcome that power. I mean, Trump is the right idea. He's the wrong guy. Yes, yes. Okay, he's the wrong guy. <laughs> okay, and so that, that you're going to hear this. This is going to come around again in 2020. You're going to hear this again. But right now, we got to really kind of think about what we're doing. We don't want to screw this country up so bad that we can't fix it. Right. I think yeah. we're already there, though. So you think Hillary might be the better choice because she's just going to keep everything the way it is until we uh, do well, get the I, right I guy. Think, I, think, I think it's irrelevant, really, who gets elected. I, I, but I do think that um, you've got a better chance of not... Let's put it this way. I really want the NSA to fight Russian hacking and control cybercrime. And I don't think you'll have that if you've got a Trump presidency. I think Hillary is going to be completely cock-blocked by the, by the, the Congress. Yeah. So, <laughs> not like she's going to be able to do anything. Yeah. And so, and so I think it's kind of like um, boring and predictable versus wild and crazy. It's like <laughs> wild and crazy is good for one night. <laughs> boring, predictable, you want like going down the road so i kind of felt that was going to be the way with uh biden i thought he was going to be the crazy one like you would always be hearing of every week but he's I, been pretty tame i think I he just like keeps it he's, he's low-keying it I, I still think he is like a nut job i was guy. waiting like, for him to be all over the fucking news well, like 
there's like some crazy rumors about him. Like he apparently he swims naked when he knows that there's female secret service agents, <laughs> <laughs> which well, is something you can totally see the guy doing. Like, I can see you doing that, Lamborghini. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. I I can't visualize that because it's too horrifying to imagine <laughs> Joe Biden naked. But I will tell you this. If you want to understand Joe Biden, he's got a clip out there, a CNBC clip with uh, Jay Leno where he's driving his 67 Corvette around. And look at his face when he punches it and does the burnout. That's who Joe Biden is. Thick, <laughs> twisted, demented, and fun. <laughs> he would have been a good president. Yes. And sadly, oh. he didn't run. Yeah. Yes. And he would have won, by the way. If he would have run, he would have taken Hillary out in a heartbeat. And it would have been over. Yeah, why didn't he? You would have seen at the debates, you would have literally seen Biden and Trump in a fist fight, which would have been fucking great. For <laughs> it would have been nutty. It would have been nutty, man. <laughs> yeah, there's crazy shit going on. So, yeah. so yeah. I don't know if this is the horror story you were looking no, for. No, I, I was just going to ask. I remember last time we talked to you, Peter, you said you had some family horror stories, and I would love to hear one or two. Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you the one that came to mind, because it's, it's an interesting story to do. I have a little bit of time on this. I don't want to bump up against anything. Oh, so, we're fine, dude. We still have at least 20, 20 minutes left. Oh, God, I don't know if I can filibuster that one. So let me, let me tell you this story. So when I was 16 years old, my dad threw me out of the house, because I was a handful. And uh, I lived with uh, some friends of mine to finish up the last part of my year of 10th grade. And so when I got to the end, they said, well, now you're liberated. You've got to find another place to live. And I decided I was going to go live with my sister in Illinois. Now, I'm living in New York, so I'm going to hitchhike from New York to Illinois. Wow. So now I'm hitchhiking out. I get as far as Albany on the, on the Northwest Toll Road, and I'm standing at an at a exit, and there are like 100 people hitchhiking. So I find this really attractive, about 16, 17-year-old girl. I was 16. And we hit it off. We talked. I said, well, let's hitchhike together. And she got a ride like in five minutes. So I'm in. We're in the car. Now, we're with a guy who is a traveling salesman kind of guy. And he's going literally 100 miles an hour and falling asleep. <laughs> and so we're like talking to him. I keep bumping him, waking him up. And finally, I just can't take it anymore. He pulls over for gas. And I go, I got to get out of the car. And she goes, I'm not hitchhiking anymore. I'm gonna. This guy's gonna take me all the way to within 50 miles of where I'm going. So I'm sticking with him, and I'm going. Well, good luck. I hope you're not raped. Have a great time, and they leave. So this Vietnam vet picks me up. This guy named Russell, who's got this broken down car, and he drives me for let's see, from mid-state New York to the edge of Ohio, and his car dies, just wow. completely dies, and he's trying to get home to Dakota. So we're we're going to hitchhike together. So we're like doing a buddy road movie. We put all our money together. I think I had four bucks and he had like 20 bucks. And we got a Motel 6 back when it used to be six bucks. And we got a shower and wow. rested and then we got back out on the road. So now we're near Altoona, Ohio, which is by Erie, Ohio. Thunder and lightning. We're standing on the freeway in thunder and lightning, pouring rain. Hoping to get a ride, okay? And you guys live back east. Californians never appreciate this story. You know what this kind of crap is like, right? Right. First two minutes, you're soaked through to your skin, right? Yes. Here comes a guy in a 1962 Chevrolet Biscayne, white, two-door, pulls over, says, why don't you guys get in? So we get in. <laughs> now, the first thing that I notice about this car 
is the entire passenger seat, all the way up to the height of the back, seat backs of the front seat, is filled up with watchtowers. Do you know what watchtowers are? Yes. Yes, uh, they're the uh, the AWs hand out to people. Right? The g- oh <laughs> yes, I have one. Oh yes, I got one a few weeks ago. Okay, so also in there, uh, peeking out like little sails and fins are pieces of like wrappers from fast food restaurants and oil change stuff. It's just like so it's it's tragic, right? So I'm going. <laughs> the thing about it is it's dry, right? So I'm sitting in the middle. Russell, who just got back from Vietnam, who had weird stories and was completely freaked out, is sitting on the passenger side, and this old guy's driving the car. So he's driving along, and he's going, you know, there's time to repent. And I'm going, repent of what? I just want to get to Chicago. I mean, what? He's driving, it's time to repent. You know, the problem with this country is fornication. People are fornicating. Okay, right? And then people are like, I've lost God. And then people, people are not going to get behind God. They need to be, they need to be killed. They need to be killed. Purity, <laughs> of the religion, right? Oh, no, no, no. Over at Russell. Now, this is a guy just back from Vietnam. He's going to sleep. He's like, he's totally okay with this. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, this guy reaches down, comes up from underneath the seat with a thirty-eight, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I go, I was. You know that thing where you want to make a noise, but nothing comes out? Yes. Yes! <laughs> and your chest feels like somebody is literally grabbing you and crushing your chest, right? <laughs> I can't make a sound. And all of a sudden, this hand crosses in front of my face. He grabs the gun with one hand, Russell, and he takes the steering wheel with the other hand and turns it to the right. So now we're going 65 on the freeway. <laughs> all of a sudden, the next thing I see is, oh, look, fence. Now we're through the fence. Oh, we're in this cornfield. Oh, look, all this corn. <laughs> we get to a stop. Russell gets out of the car, takes the cylinder out of the gun, throws it one way, and throws the frame back in the car. And he leans in and he says, if I ever fucking see you again, I will kill you slowly with my hand. <laughs> Wow. Russell's a badass. Russell rules. <laughs> so I get out of the car, and, and, and uh, we walk along as this guy's back in the car to make sure he doesn't run over us. And he goes, you're, you're going to die. You're going to die and go to hell. You're going to die go to hell and burn. You're going to burn, burn, burn. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, but you're not going to have a gun, so just get the fuck out. <laughs> the guy drives off, right? Now we're back in the rain. Uh-huh. Lightning is hitting like within football fields of us, right? And this guy pulls up in this bright red Trans Am, brand new. Nice. We get in. He's playing ZZ Top, and it <laughs> smells of reefer. <laughs> I go, these are my people. Yeah, it's better than so the last. For the entire trip from Ohio, we went across Ohio, the top of Indiana. We were high and listening to rock and roll. It was beautiful. <laughs> that's, that's cool. That's yeah, cool. that's that's so much now, better. Now, here's, here's the weird part. Now, so then they drop, well, that was weird enough, but they drops me off. I get the ride from Chicago to Rockford with this truck driver. He drops me off, and I go, well, I still got to get to my sister's house. This hearse pulls up. Now, again, it's pouring rain. It's that <laughs> Illinois rain, right, where it's just, well, you better get out the ark now. And let's, it's raining. <laughs> this guy pulls up in a hearse. These two guys, these two stoners pull up in a hearse, and they go, uh, well, uh, we'll give you a ride, but you got to ride around in the back. You got to you got to lay in the back where the where the body goes. Whoa! So I go okay because I want to be dry again. And these guys turned out to be the nicest guys in the world. They had 
this huge, giant Jesus freak hair. <laughs> and they were smoking tons of reefer, too. So they drove around, as I guessed, where I was supposed to go, to all these different places and got out of the car and knocked on the door and said, hey, uh, I've got something for you. No, not for me, not for me. So finally, they get to my sister's house, and they knock on the door. These two guys, soaking wet, hippie, like Charles Manson-looking kind of guys, say, I think we have something for you in our car. And she goes, well, fuck you, bring it to the door. And then I get out, and I was finally there. So that was the trip. That was probably one of the scariest things that ever happened. That's crazy. (laughs) That sounds like a a movie. Like, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, that definitely does. Wow. Family horror story has to do with my dad, and my dad was a guy who was he was a PhD, but he was not he had was not possessed of any real common sense. So he, and he was brave when he was working before he got his doctorate, he was a club fighter. He used to fight for nickels and dimes for people's entertainment. Wow. And he was just a really, really brave guy. So there were like three or four incidents that come to mind about him. But one that really sticks with me was I was babysitting his girlfriend's um, kid and they were out doing whatever they did. They came home about two thirty in the morning. And they said, uh, we, we said, okay, we said our goodbyes, and we're going down to the car in the parking lot. And, you know, you're in New Jersey, right? This was in Long Island. So it's like icy, right? Probably that inch of shitty snow that's rock hard. So it's like, <laughs> it looks like it's snow, but it's really like concrete, right? Yes. <laughs> and uh, we're walking along, crunching through that, and we get up to the car, to my dad's car, and, and I didn't see anything. I'm just like, I want to get in the car. He goes, I want you to turn, run back to Nancy's apartment, call the cops. And he opened the door, turned on the car lights, and these two guys sto- stood up with crowbars. They were jacking the wheels off of his car. Wow. And he told me later he saw the nuts from one of the wheels laying by the wheel, and they were hiding in front of our car, right? So I jet, I take off, and I just start running as fast as I can and just yelling my head off, <laughs> and I can hear the fist landing behind me. Right, because my dad's duking it out with them. Wow! And I, the I call the cops, right? And I'm up there shaking, and his girlfriend's like, "Aren't you going to He's okay." And I go, "I'm 15 fucking years old. What am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm tiny too. So what am I going to do? I'm like I'm like thin as a rail, right? So I go back down, and my dad's down there, and he's putting the tightening the nuts back up on the car, and there's these two pools of blood on the ground. Wow! And he looks fine, and I go, "What happened?" He goes, eh, eh, well, "You know, usual. Kick their ass." <laughs> wow, what a badass. Amazing. Yeah, my dad was, um, he was a crazy-ass guy. He he was in Youngstown, Ohio, in the steel mills, and he ran numbers for somebody I cannot say name on the air, but it's a very famous guy that if I said it, you go, oh, yeah, I know who that is. Ran numbers for that family. That's a bigger clue, Youngstown family. You'll figure it out if you want to do it. And he ran numbers for these guys. And and he did um, favors, like uh, favors for mob guys. Like, wow. For example, one guy had a car, he had a Cadillac, and he didn't like it. So he said, uh, he told my, my dad and his buddy Mason, who's dead and gone so I can tell this story, said, uh, get rid of this car for me. There's 100 bucks in it for you. Now, this is like 1948. There's 100 bucks in it for you. Get rid of this car. So in Youngstown, there was this hill called Calypso Hill that went straight down over a steel bridge and ended in Youngstown Sheet and Two which is the giant foundry they had there. 
So their idea was they were going to get in this car on this icy bridge. They were going to turn the wheels. It was going to go through the guardrail, drop into the Mahongahela River, right? This is, this is their plan, right? Yeah. <laughs> when they go to do it, they turn the car. The car slides sideways, straightens out, runs straight down the bridge, through the front gate of Youngstown Sheet and Tube, and goes rolls all the way to the back of lot, doesn't get a scratch. <laughs> so now my dad and Mason, who both work at Youngstown Sheet and Tube, have to show their badge to go in to get the car. <laughs> And, of course, everybody, everybody's so mobbed up. It's like nobody's like, yeah, yeah, go get the car. We don't want to know what you're doing, right? So they get the car. They finally ended up putting it in the ditch and burning it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, and, and, and so he did those kind of things. So now fast forward about eh, 25 years. I did a business plan for a guy that had, um, he had an automotive thing. That's as far as I'm willing to go. And we were out looking for investors, and I found two investors in, Te- in Temecula. And, you know, investors are usually, they're like Shark Tank. They're like, okay, well, you know, uh, are you, is your family dumb? And are you a knuckle dragger? And you just ask all kinds of stupid questions. These guys didn't ask any questions. And then they said, well, we're going to give you 250000 bucks, and we want to do it on convertible note, which means it starts out as a loan, and then as your business gets better, it converts over to stock. So we're going to start out with this convertible note to start your company. Turn, and my client's going crazy. Yeah, yeah, 250000 bucks. I'm in business. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. And uh, one of the two guys, one of the two investors, says to me, me hit. That's a really unusual name. And I go, yeah. And he goes, so well, what's the origin of it? And I go, well, it's actually a made-up name. The real name is Mehit from Romania, but my grandfather made it me hit. Right? And he goes, do you know uh, George Meehit? And I said, well, that's my dad. You mean from Youngstown Sheet and Tube? I go, yeah, that's my dad. He goes, George? You're George's kid? Oh, well, then this deal is done. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I call my dad up, and I said, uh, hey, these two guys, such and so, Jim Bob and Billy Bob, want to give me $250,000. My dad goes, don't take it. <laughs> don't take it. It's dirty money. You take it. They're going to own you. Wow. They own you, and they're going to own you for the rest of your life. You need to walk away. So I said to my client, I go, I'm sorry, I'm out, got to go. And I explained it to him, and I think he took the money, and I haven't talked to him in decades, so I don't know what happened to him. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, my dad was was really funny because he would go out and give speeches about um, propriety and the value of education. He was on the New York Board of Regents. He was the head of the teachers' union. Anybody, and actually this is in his area, so it's possible that people who know him are going to hear this, which is, it's all true, you can't sue me, um, but uh, he would go out and do all this stuff, and then he would go to uh, strip clubs and play poker all night. <laughs> That's awesome. He was a crazy, wild and crazy guy. <laughs> is he still around? Oh, no, he passed away. Another good story about my dad. He passed away in 19, I'm sorry, 2003, but he had a really big heart attack in 1992. And he and I were estranged. I mean, he put me in the street. So we yeah. were estranged pretty much all that time. And when, when he was in Las Vegas with his heart attack, I just showed up and said, okay, I'm going to be here. And he had this surgery, and he came out. It was a really tough surgery. It was five bypasses, and he barely made it. I mean, literally, the anesthesiologist said, oh, your dad was circling the drain there for a while, but we were able to pull it out, which is yeah. comforting things to say to the family, right? <laughs> so I'm in, I'm in ICU with my dad, and, um, you know, and because I grew up around hospitals, my mom was a nurse, I could help them. I could help them chart. I could help them do a bunch of stuff. So it ended up I was there for 36 hours. 
because I was actually helping them instead of being in their way. And in about two hours before I left, all of a sudden I hear, Pete, I don't my dad's awake. I go, oh, dad. He goes, Pete. Now you got to understand, right? He's in ICU. He's got racks and racks of equipment and hoses coming in and out of his chest and all these different drips and lines and sensors and stuff beeping and stuff, right? So I can barely hear him. And he goes, come closer. So I get closer. He goes, closer. So now I got my mouth right, my ear right by his mouth, right? And he says this. He goes, someday all this will be yours. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> That's my dad. Wow, <laughs> Peter, we have to wrap this up, dude. I, I, I want to hear more, bro. But we have to wrap this up. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm as close as your phone. You know, I love you guys. I dude. was there. I was there when it all started. You were, you were yeah. and we will definitely have you back. And where can everybody find you? Um, you can go, uh, look, everything that I can say now is going to seem so pale, thin, and anemic after this conversation, but you can, you can, um, uh, go to www.custombps.com. That's our business. If anybody has any questions about starting a business or about how to get funded or the meaning of life, or they want to bitch about the election. What about hiding can, a body? Excuse me? Hiding a body. Hiding the body, burning a Cadillac, anything like that. Uh, you can email me at pmehit at custombps.com, and I'll answer you back. Awesome, awesome, Peter. Oh, man, it's great. It's always, always an honor, a privilege, and a blast to talk to you guys. Always, dude. You're the and best, I'm so bro. happy and proud of you fuckers. Just keep doing it. <laughs> Thank you, dude. Yeah. Have a All good right, one, man. Peter. Talk to you later. Later, yeah, bro. Later. We'll be back. With Ben Randall from In the Weeds. Awesome. Dude, he's fucking awesome. He was great. Yeah, Peter's great. Wow. And I think at first, when we first interviewed, it was one of those where it was like, ah, he's just older business guy. And well, before, but then like, when we yeah, talked to him. Yeah, then when we talked so to him, we were cool. like, oh, he's fucking awesome. And yeah. I think cause there was a lot of people from that site that were just... Yeah, dude, that's <laughs> <you know? laughs> And we were like, done with that. I think... We were just learning how... That, that site gave you guys a good foundation, though, because you also... Yeah. Like, it gave you yeah. people to just, like, ra- to rag with. on, you know? And it taught me, yeah, it, it taught us how to do that, I guess. We had good right. shows because we had shows... Where and it, and it gave us... It, it definitely with, gave you know? us a, a baseline to know who's going to suck and who doesn't, for yeah. the most part. It's just like, yeah, I think all the relationship guys were shitty. All the relationship guys were yeah. shitty, yep. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going on break. We'll be back. Shut up and sit down. I'm the Slam baby. I feel we need to have the booze and guns program. For as many booze as you can drink down, you get a gun. Each fucking shot, you get a gun, baby. And that's yeah, why I vote for myself, baby. The Slam 2016. Yeah! I'm on every drug known to man, baby. Fuck yeah! <laughs> you go to the boardwalk, you don't want to see some fucking crackhead. It's hurting until it's squirting, baby! Yeah! Slamborghini for President 2016. Robin Slim Show, we're back with Ben. Ben Randall. 
How's it going, man? Great. How are you, dude? I'm good. Good, good, dude. In the weeds, I saw you're you're way up in show numbers, dude. How long have you been doing it? Uh, a couple of years now. We're uh, yeah, we've got seventy-one regular episodes now. Nice, wow. dude. Yeah, what are we were at? Like, we're almost at a hundred. Ninety-five, I think mm. this show is. And that's why when I saw I'll, your I'll numbers, you. I was like, you got to be up there in years too. What's yeah, happened? Yeah, sure. oh. I yeah, we didn't hear what you said because I was doddering on like a real <laughs> jerk off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw, dude. You uh, were named uh, Chicago's best. Uh, chef podcast that is really cool dude yeah yeah i mean i've got the advantage of nobody does what i do that's so. what i was just gonna ask are I you the know. only chef podcast <laughs> i would think there's gotta be a couple there's there's a couple more that are here in chicago now but i'm definitely the first okay which, i mean i i was i wasn't running against anybody for a while there. <laughs> you started I, it off so you think other people had heard your show and were like i want to do that it too. seemed like a decent source it was chicagoreader.com i i figured that was a good a good outlet oh hell yeah yeah that got me that that press right there got me i would say most of my listeners we didn't have anybody uh listening to us until that article came out. <laughs> we we uh need an article we need an article <laughs> i i don't is there a jersey reader dot Org uh, or edu. A, the, the, the sandpaper. <laughs> there is, and our, I think our, our buddy Ed, Ed White, delivers for them, so yeah. he might be able to get us <laughs> in something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I saw, dude, you've been cooking since you're 14? Yeah, yeah. What was the first thing you cooked, do you remember? Well, I was working at a mom-and-pop uh, pizza place, so that was really my first... The, the first stuff that I was doing, I was working on that pizza line. Cool. Oh, okay. Was it the Chicago deep dish? No, this was back in Michigan. So this was more like your Papa John's, like big bready kind of, <laughs> kind of pizza. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't actually a Papa John's, but that's the style you get in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's Papa John's. I remember like I was a kid and my family, we went to visit family in Mississippi and, Dude, there's no real pizza places down no. there. It's all Pizza Hut. You gotta and... go to like Domino's. Yeah, to, <laughs> that's to find, all they like, have. Edible pizza, you know, and that's not even edible. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, that's that's how they can only charge like five bucks for it because it's not made out of food. <laughs> it's made out of the box. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's crazy. What um, what uh, are you ready for Halloween, dude? Yeah, you know, it's nice, because I'm, I'm a sucker for all that kind of stuff, but I've got two little kids, so I have an excuse. Like, I'm not just the creepy guy in a costume going around the neighborhood. You know, I'm somebody's dad. That's how I feel so. with, like, Christmas with certain, like, stuff I want to check out, like uh, certain video games and all. It's like, I can't be a 40-year-old man buying Skylanders, but I have kids, so that's right. their gift, and I get to play it. <laughs> it's the best excuse. It is, dude. It totally is. What is your favorite Halloween treat? Uh, you know, I I'm I love chocolate. So if it's chocolate, that's great. You know, if you get like the the, the bullshit candy, like bit of honey or even suckers, that just I try to trade that stuff away to my kids and steal <laughs> all their chocolate. What is up with the candy corn craze this year, bro? Everything. I don't know. Uh, I think Hershey has a white chocolate bar with candy corn pieces in it. And and candy mm. corn has candy corn 
candy corn and, and it's just candy everything. Corn, candy corn, candy, heaps, candy heaps corn flavor, candy, candy like corn. Five candy corns. It's like, aren't no they kind of like sandy too? Isn't there something in there that's just they like made yeah. of honey? I think. Is that it? Oh, yeah, okay. They made of honey and beeswax. I think. <laughs> well, miserable. my theory is that, like, in the 50s, they made a billion of these things, and they still haven't sold them all. So kind of <laughs> There's fucking gallon There's drums. Like, yeah, just throw candy corn. Drums. Throw it on everything. Pizza, candy yeah. corn. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, literally, if you go any candy candy section in any store, there's a ton of candy yeah. corn shit. It's stupid. Candy yeah, corn. Like, right there. Yeah, it's, it's right there next to the U.S. like cheese reserve, and there's all that extra government cheese. Right next to that is the warehouse of candy corn. <laughs> but now to the point where it's like you could probably get a, a candy corn-shaped pillow or something stupid like I, that. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, here it is. oh, man. What did you just draw, Slambo? Uh, was that a picture uh, or a note? Bleeding critic, critics, uh, my depiction of the, the spider uh. demon. But oh. it's an anal Spider-Man demon. <laughs> spider But it, what, where's all the ink? You need oh, a pen? The, yeah, the marker died. That's why he stopped. Dead. We're going to scan all these. We're going to scan them all. And we're going to scan scandal. them all and send them to the uh, NSA. <laughs> Our intern was drawing, like, what, four hours ago. He was drawing Halloween stuff, and now he just went back to drawing, Ben. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Ben, what um, I did want to ask, um, do you have any kitchen horror stories? Well, I was thinking about that today. So, like, what really counts is a kitchen horror story. You guys don't want to hear about that because it's like 20 people walk in one minute before you close. That's the horror story from the kitchen. You know? <laughs> but that's not scary to regular people. No. I want, like, what a, I have, a guy I on LSD, like, swinging butcher knives at you. Injury <laughs> stories is good, though. <laughs> well, okay. So it, there's, there's no limit to what people are going to do in kitchens, and I'm not really sure why. But, like, my, my third job, I'm working at the Radisson Hotel in Kalamazoo, Michigan, right? Mm. And I hire, I hire in. I'm, uh, I'm 19, 18 years old, 19, something like that. The dude who was training me, I guess he decided to show off. Like, he was going to impress me. Like, who the hell am I, right? So he, he dips his hand in the dry mix. And then he dips his hand in the beer batter, and then he dips his hand in the fryer to show me that he could deep fry his hand. <laughs> what? Wow. Yeah, I know. I can, I can hear your stunned silence, right? And he's trying to be a big tough guy. Pulls his hand out of the fryer and shows me, and he's like, see? And by that point, you know, because when you fry something, it gets crispy on the outside, but it steams the inside. <laughs> yeah. so it caught up with him. And it started steaming his hand, and he's waving his hand around and screaming. <laughs> This is my it? first day. Did right? you taste it, bro? Me. <laughs> Rob wants to know if I've you been... took a big bite out of it. Yeah, <laughs> dude. You should have took a chop out of that. Well, no. So I'm the guy who's going to clean up, like, the cooked beer batter that's got, like, skin in it and shit. That's all over the kitchen now. A <laughs> oh, couple knuckle hairs in it. <laughs> you know? So there's, uh, there's two hospitals in Kalamazoo. At least there was in the 90s. Um... And there's one that does mandatory drug testing if you're sent for, like, a workers' comp thing. And there's one that doesn't. Well, they sent him to the one that does drug testing. We never saw that guy again. Wow. They sent him to the wrong one, bro. <laughs> yeah, you needed to keep him around. <laughs> I want that guy on the show. Get us a fry daddy, Slim. 
<laughs> I wish I knew that dude's name, man. That was a long. That was twenty-two jobs ago, man. I don't even. <laughs> I remember you said the jobs go fast in the in the restaurant industry. When I worked, oh hell yeah. When I worked HVAC, there was this guy that um my boss was telling us about that they they convinced this guy that if he needed to take a shit in a bucket up up in the person the customer's attic, he could wipe his ass with uh. With the, the uh, fiberglass the, That's what I was going to say, the insulation. Yeah, he fucking did it. They heard them just screaming, like, minutes later. <laughs> then I, they had another guy. We need him as an intern. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other guy, Pete? This other guy was smoking, apparently was smoking crack on the job. Oh, talking to the mic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this other guy was apparently smoking crack on the job. And, like, the reason they caught him was because he used that, like, the steel wool as like the filter for the pipe, it ended up heating up, and he sucked the steel, the, the molten steel wool into the back of his throat. It stuck to one of his tonsils. Wow, <laughs> yeah, that reminded me. I had a couple stories. Like We used to know this dude, Brian Winnington, back in the day, and we didn't think much of him, but you know, he was a regular dude. He was okay, but we, me and my buddy Brian were getting gas once at a gas station, and it's not there anymore, Luke Oil. He used to be in Barnegat, and we saw him. We were like, what's up, Brian? And he's like, nothing. He's sitting on the curb. He looks all bummed out. And we were like, what's wrong, dude? And he's like, I just got fired. And I was like, what for? And he goes, for smoking crack. <laughs> and I started laughing. And he goes, it's not funny. <laughs> That's <laughs> your fucking choice. Because it was true. I thought he was joking, bro. I thought he was joking. <laughs> and there was another one. I don't even remember. Oh, um, there was a dude I used to work with. Donovan. This fucking, like, weird dude. And he was, like, a dude that would sell his food stamps. And he had, like, I think a newborn baby or, like, a two-year-old at home. And the baby needed food and shit. And this dude would sell his food stamps for drug money. And he came in one day and he's like, yo, I had the craziest weekend. I just smoked crack. And I was like, dude, I wouldn't tell that to anybody. <laughs> he's like, it was so cool. It felt like a TV when it's on the static channel. You know? like, like, yeah, that's, that's cool. God. That's no, cool. The TV great. while it's on static. That's that's great. That's that just makes me want to go do crack right now. <laughs> I think I just yelled like crack baby loves crack and he gave me a dirty look. And crack we... baby loves crack. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> wow, Ben! I know that some holidays are busy for for restaurants. Is Halloween at all? Halloween's a big bar day. So, what are we looking at? Monday this week? This next week is Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Um, you'll see bars starting probably tomorrow night in Chicago, mm -hmm. at least, uh, full of you know uh, sexy nurses and Chewbacca's and all kind of Harley Quinns. Uh, are you going as Harley Quinn, Slim? Yes. Cool. Uh, I can't remember the place I was just at. I was out in Chicago last weekend, and uh, they had um, a sign that said they had a Dicka, dressed like Dicka con contest. I was like, that's pretty cool. That is cool. <laughs> what up? I mean, this year, the only thing that we're going to see this year that's different is because a lot of these bars are going to be full of folks watching the Cubs games. And they're not going to put up with, like, uh, drunken clown pub crawl during Halloween. You know, there's going to be fights. Fight <laughs> That's awesome. Drunken Dude, clown. the funniest thing was, um, I think it was the game was the last game of uh, the playoffs was already over. And I got off a plane and there's a dude in, like, full uh, 
What was the other team you guys were playing? What was the other team the Cubs were playing? The Dodgers? Yeah, there was a dude that got off in, like, Dodgers gear. So I figured maybe the game was, like, he was going to it. It was just starting. And then I got to my girlfriend, Jules' house, and uh, the game was already over. I'm like, this dude, I don't know if he missed the game or what, (laughs) but he's the biggest jackass ever. (laughs) The the Dodgers had already lost. He was already in, like, full Dodgers gear and shit. (laughs) Just looking for a fight. (laughs) Dude. He got into, like, a taxi or something. People were screaming at him <laughs> from the fucking road. People were so mad at him. Yeah, this town is on fire. I've never seen so many Cubs fans in my life. Because up until, like, a month ago, there weren't that many Cubs fans, you know? <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you, dude. I, like, I don't know if you were a Cubs fan or if you were a Sox fan or what. You know, I'm from Michigan originally, so I'm a Tigers fan. So, mm. like, my season's been over since May, you ah. know? Um, I'm happy to see it. Like, if the Cubs win, that's cool. But I'm not. I mean, some of these people are nuts. Some of these people. A buddy of mine is uh, renting out his parking space in Wrigleyville for 250 bucks a day. Wow, it's nuts, dude. I was at I was at a fucking Dunkin' Donuts, and one of the donuts just had a big W hashtag W on it. I was like, "What's that?" And and the Indian lady gave me a dirty look. Like, I didn't know that was from Wrigley Field, but right. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted a fucking French crawler and a coffee. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of looking forward to hearing about the the fights that are going to go on in bars and Wrigleyville this weekend. You know, <laughs> did they play tonight? I know last night they lost. Yeah, they're they're playing right now. Last I checked, they were up four nothing. But I mean, things cool. change fast in baseball. Yeah, I think last night they got destroyed, man. Yeah. What, uh, it's, it's the World Series, man. Yeah, We're coming up on the on the the end of the game, you gotta uh, these guys are giving it their all. <laughs> yeah, man. Next time I'm out there, dude, we gotta chill. We gotta hang out, dude. Hell yeah. Are you friends with David, the producer? Uh, Twitter acquaintances, yeah. Okay, yeah, he's cool too. I I hung out with him one of the times I went out there. Yeah, he he said something about uh, a get together, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Yeah, Slambo. <laughs> what? What are you doing, bro? Oh, okay. The, uh, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> he drew uh, the, the anal the spider. Anal spider is is that... now from. Are you gonna come to Chicago and hang out, Slambo? Yes, <laughs> I would love to come to Chicago. Is Slim and hang out? <laughs> I don't know. Weather's starting to turn, man. It's going to be ugly here till like April. Pretty Dude, soon, right? I heard it was bad hey, today. You got your jersey, right? Yeah. Well, right. It's, it's cold here, but right. I heard that you got like rain and shit, right? Yeah, it's going to rain for the next like two weeks, and then everything's going to freeze. Mm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I just shrug now. I just know like winter in Chicago is just going to suck. That's just how it is. <laughs> how many winters have you been there? Uh, we've been here about eleven years. So I just like Whatever I just don't even care about it anymore (laughs) (laughs) Here let me give you this one I was thinking I was trying to come up with stories That were uh, Restaurant injury stories You guys are going to like this one right (laughs) Okay (laughs) Nice I went to culinary school Out in Vermont And we had this gal I don't know how you guys feel About body shaming We had this gal who was uh, She was Super overweight. 
just like we called her uh, well, Robin Bad Ankles, right? Yeah. This is how I feel about body shaming. Let me just correct what you said. She was fucking fat. <laughs> <laughs> she was a hog. She was so fat she got out of bed one day, and the weight of her body fractured one of her ankles. Right? <laughs> so we're we're working. This is our breakfast class, our breakfast line cooking class. And you know, a chef coat hangs down to like your pocket, right? It's long, mm. but if you're if you're big enough, it hikes up in the front, right? So everybody's doing their stuff. She's working the flat top. We're all making breakfast and whatever. And all of a sudden, she starts screaming. Her chef coat had hiked up enough while she was working, while she was leaning over the flat top, that her belly had fallen out and was, like, searing on the top of the flat top. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh my God. Thing, like, like, you know how, uh, uh, like, the... Brontosauruses and shit had that little extra brain in the back to, to yeah. guide their tail around. Yeah. She didn't she didn't have one of those, right? So it took her a minute to realize that her belly was like laying on the flat top. And by the time she did, like she had to go to the hospital and shit because she had these burns on the under part of her belly. Oh man. That's some like wow. pork belly. I I used to work at a pharmacy and one of the old people, senior citizens, came in with like their hands bandaged up once, and that was what it was from, dude. Yeah. They 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 were so <laughs> out of it. They their hand was on the fucking stove, and it just burned. They didn't realize oh for like a minute. God. She braised her fupa. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Would you <laughs> would you date her, Slamborghini? <laughs> would you, Slim? Too much work, man. Of course. <laughs> I gotta take what I can get at this point. Would you rub Bass and Tracen on her fupa? Ah, uh, you'd have to pay me. <laughs> I don't know. That's so bad. That is so bad. <laughs> have you ever burnt yourself, Slambo, in a provocative area? Oh, I burnt. One time, all right. Yeah, I burnt my dick getting into the shower one time. <laughs> no, no, wait, is this okay. real? Is this a joke? Okay. You know how, like, this is recent. Uh, you, you know how sometimes you can never turn the uh, the water on hot enough? So I, yeah. I turned it all the way up, just so fucking hot. Yeah. I get in. And you use your dick and to just, like, tell how warm I kind of just get in dick first, and it just yeah, burns. Yeah, I'm like, ah! He's, got a, he's obviously got a boner when he's walking in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I, I probably had, like, morning wood or something. He, he thrust a Viagra. He's thrusting his, his pelvis just so the dick touches. I'm just like, oh, all right. Ah! <laughs> Did you come? No. Oh. <laughs> Did it leave like a like it was burnt? Like oh, a it left a mark. Did you have like sores and shit? Yeah, it left a, like a sore there because like oh. the next day I was like at my ex girlfriend's house and she saw it. She's just like, <laughs> she's like what the hell's going on down there? <laughs> Did she give you penicillin? No, no, she didn't. Somebody should have, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it healed. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I feel my hand first. I'm like, yeah. dick. Ah, like, you'd never oh, no. test the temperature with your dick. Bro. Well, no, it, it was kind of just like got in, like, straight up. And for some reason, that was, first. that was the part that burned for some reason. <laughs> he's burn-proof except for his dick. Except for my dick, apparently. It was weak, the weak point. You should have went in ass first, bro. Oh, man. Yeah, but at least I don't think my ass would have burnt as bad. I... I <laughs> 
Would you sit on the stove right now? No. That's what I was going to say. Why don't you stick your dick stick in a fucking fryer? In a fry daddy. I'd rather never. Uh, I think you should work with Ben. <laughs> I think you'd have a great story to tell us. Yeah, yeah. Day, day one, the first training is teabagging the fryer. Yeah. Uh, teabagging the fryer, yeah. <laughs> and yelling at him. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Sounds. Well, here's. Here's the lesson that every young cook learns, right? So you're like, you're making pico de gallo, you're making some, you're making like a salsa, right? Mm. And you're chopping onions and tomatoes and garlic and jalapenos for like two hours, right? Then you go to the bathroom, you don't wash your hands first, and all of a sudden your cock is just on fire for like three days. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody warns you about that shit. You have to learn that for yourself. I did that with uh, Tiger Bomb. Like the first time I, I put it on, like I went to wipe after I. I took a dump and yeah, it doesn't it doesn't feel good on your asshole. <laughs> oh. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the only from what I understand, the only thing that's worse is if you're that same line cook and you go home and finger your girl, it's worse for her. Oh my god. <laughs> Would you finger yourself, Slambo? No. After doing that. No. After being a prep cook. I, I don't know. Maybe you'd have to give me the strongest Tiger Bomb. Well, no. Uh, we get Tiger Bomb and, like, what? A ghost pepper. Yeah. yeah <laughs> ghost pepper. Holy shit. <laughs> Sounds uh, unpleasant. Sounds pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. All right, Ben. I think we got to wrap this up. Why don't you let yeah, everybody dude. know uh, where they can find you and we'll let you go. Oh, yeah. So um, the the podcast is called In the Weeds with Ben Randall. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. And it's what we've been talking about. You know, it's just stories from all the restaurants where I've ever worked. Um, I'm at uh, In the Weeds WBR on Twitter. So you guys found me, and it's the easiest way to get a hold of me. Awesome, dude. Thank you cool, so thank you, much. Ben. Yeah, yeah. Always a pleasure, fellas. Cool. Have a good Absolutely, one, man. Absolutely, dude. I'm going. All right. Happy Halloween, guys. <laughs> happy yeah, Halloween, happy brother. Halloween. So I think... Ron Burlington? Burlington should sign us out with a scary Halloween story. Oh. All right, folks. Glad you guys uh, remembered me today. So I'm just going to tell you a little little Halloween story. Long time ago. See, long time ago, I was uh, I was working in my, uh, my little uh, elementary school class in Mastic, Long Island. And uh, I heard a noise, a, a very loud noise in the bathroom, and I was intrigued by the loud noise. So I walked into that, I walked towards that door, and I opened the door, and I caught one of my students raping another student. And I was never the same since. Is that why you touched me? You guys? Why'd you do that? You're watching the, uh, you were watching the Robin Slim show. Ron, jeez. Hundred years. Ron, Robin Slim. And don't, don't forget to vote for Slambagini. The vote for Slambagini. The vote for Slambagini. The vote for Slambagini. The vote for Slambagini. Okay, have a crappy weekend. Hope your house burns down.